Hey, everybody, listen up. Slow Toke Rodriguez says, sit down, grab a raw, twist a number, and get ready to listen to some Sidewalk Crew. You dig? Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in to another issue of the Sidewalk Crew. Uh, it's Memorial Day, y'all. It's Memorial Day. I figured we release one today uh, just because it was Memorial Day. Uh, but we're going to get ready. Now, like I said, do remember we are changing formats again here soon. Um, so you're going to look at some push forward. Uh, we're going to look at storage shifting towards that every two weeks. You know, here hopefully by the end of June, July. Um kind of change the episode retooling um we might actually do some double dip episodes where you get one half of an interview with one person one half of an interview another we're playing with a bunch of different things right now but i love you guys and thank you for sticking here um also safe reminder uh, ultimate comic contest uh is still going on round one is almost done i'd like to say congratulations to the other 23 that have made it through so far myself included um, which makes 24 so far that have advanced. Um, if you'll, uh, you know, uh, guys, you got to go check out these shows. These shows are amazing, and uh, they're at my favorite place in the world, The Idiot Box. Now, um, also, on an update to that, um, I'm actually in another contest. Um, it's NC's Funniest. It's done by Charlie Goodnights in Raleigh, North Carolina. And uh, my date for that will be the 27th of June. That's the 27th of June. I'll be appearing in NC's Funniest. Um, I'm not sure who all else is on that night. The only person I know for sure else is on the night that I am is Brandy Roberts. And Brandy's hilarious. Like, hilarious, dude. So it's an honor to share the stage with such a brilliant talent. Um, you know, and that's going to be tough just alone right there. Like, Brandy could shut the whole shit down and just, like, move on alone. You know, that's how funny Brandy is. Um, I mean, at least that's how I feel about it. Um, so that'll be July, uh, June 27th. Uh, keep your eye out for that. Also on June 10th, uh, in Brewer's Kettle, Kernersville, uh, I will be there with a bunch of other friendly comedians and we are roasting Hewlin Sanders. It'll be the roast of Hewlin Saunders. So keep your ears out for that. I'd like to remind everybody else that July the 22nd, I will be in Winston, the Smith Center at the Afrasian Comedy Show, uh, with Dev Reddy. Um, we had Dev on last episode, uh, and, uh, I'm looking forward to that one as well. Um, that's going to be a fantastic show. Uh, go online to the ticket link that we linked on the previous episode. Get your tickets for that. Um, it's definitely going to be a fire time. Um, him and Ron are going to kill that headliner for sure. Like there, there's just, there's no other way about it. They're both really funny guys and I'm very happy to be a part of that one as well. So, uh, those are some dates to mark off on your calendar as of so far. Um, just got back from Murfreesboro, guys. Just got back from Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And let me tell you, man, uh, Guap has us going to cool places. And uh, Murfreesboro was fun, man. Murfreesboro was great. Uh, we, we tried to stop. Uh, I, I tried to I asked Guap on the way up. I was like, you ever had a White Castle burger? He was like, no. And so we get on the way up and we see that there's a Crystal burger on the way. So uh, I asked him if he would like to stop at Crystal. And we pull over at Crystal Burger. And guess what? Their registers are down. They can't serve any food. So no Crystal Burger for us. So we settled for Checkers, and we try to go in Checkers, which is like up the street and around the corner. And uh, we go to go in Checkers, and there's a sign on the door that says, due to short staffing, uh, our inside lobby is not open. So then we sit in line for a little while, and we eat. We move the rest of the way to Murfreesboro. 
Um, let's see, we get to Murfreesboro. We went to this really cool pizza spot, man. Like, this dude converted this place into a pizza spot. And let me tell you, dude, he was he was wood oven and pizza, like real wood oven and pizza. And like it was it was delicious. But holy crap, was it hot in that little building, that wood oven. Like you would not have to have heat in the winter in that little restaurant. Let me tell you what, man, there's no way you wouldn't need it at all. Um, and we got back, you know, just relaxing and everything. And uh, here we are. It's Memorial Day. So um, on days like Memorial Day, uh, you know, I'd like to remind everybody, thank somebody in your life who, uh, you know, made days like this possible, you know, uh, let our servicemen know how much you appreciate them because they're doing stuff that none of us are able to do. Like, uh, one day I'd love to do USO stuff and go over and try to make those guys laugh to make, you know, what they're doing a little bit more bearable because what they're doing out there is crazy. Um, but Murfreesboro was fun, man. Murfreesboro was really fun. Um, it's good people. And, you know, you run up into it and yeah, sometimes, you know, you get to see a crowd and I'm not going to run up for a brief moment. I was like, ah, oh, this ain't going to go over. And, you know, you start doing what you do and you realize that regardless of what you think about a certain group or a certain end of people. And I'm not saying there was a certain group there or anything, but I'm just saying, like, if, if you judge a room just by based on looking at a room, you're, you're, you're not going to have a good time. So I kind of got that way. And Goolsby, uh, you know, Papa Goolsby being the way he is, uh, you know, he was like, hey, man, you know, we're just going to. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, boy, we just gonna have fun, boy, or however he talks, you know what I'm saying, so, uh, we, we had a blast, and it was a great time, uh, you know, got some sidewalk crew stickers out there and everything, uh, there's definitely some people that thought Uncle Tony's gummies were great, actually, had somebody ask me where they could buy some Uncle Tony's gummies, and I was like, uh, probably in Southern California, definitely not here, um, so that's what we got going on, uh, you know, and it was a great time and it's good to be back. Uh, and we had fun. So, uh, this week on the sidewalk crew, we've got Ethan justice, man. Uh, Ethan is, uh, is a really fun dude, really fun comic, uh, really great to talk to, you know, just a good conversation all around from front to back. Yeah. Sometimes you don't realize, you know, how much you've got in common with somebody until you get to talking with them or how easy it is to converse to somebody. And this is one of those really natural conversations that just flows. And it's, you know, it's a really good show. It's a really good episode. Uh, him and Durag Seth, uh, I got a cop, stop calling him that. Um, him and Seth Kerman do a storyteller show um, ever so often, maybe once every other month uh, as of right now. And it's a great show. Um, keep your eyes out for it. We're definitely going to advertise it on here uh, next time it comes up. But, you know, keep out for it. You know, thanks to Ethan Justice for coming on. And without further ado, you know, we're going to get right into it. Remember to listen for the ads. Remember to listen to the commercial at the end. That's how you guys help me out. I love you guys so much. Happy Memorial Day, guys. And thanks for tuning in. This is actually a really funny way to start uh, because so it was uh, Seth Payne. Uh, I remember the first time he saw Dehaj mm -hmm. and the first time Seth Payne saw Dehaj and you've seen Dehaj. Yeah. Dehaj is yeah. super animated and like two weeks after seeing Dehaj, Seth Payne comes out and unwillingly because he likes, he likes what he does so much. He's doing Dehaj yeah. and I'm just like, what? I know. <laughs> but imitation is like, there's, 
it's like I tell people in music all the time. There's like uh, musically, you've got A through G and sharps and flats. Yeah. There's only so many combinations you can play. Yeah. You're gonna run into some overlap. So like mirroring somebody is fine. Yeah. That's that's a, that's a show of appreciation. But if you're directly just like like don't be Ned. Yeah. Or, uh, AKA. Um, oh fuck! I don't even. I can't remember his real name now. Um, fucking. Uh, um, Mencia. There you oh, go. Yeah, yeah, his real name's Ned Felnitz or some stupid. Dude, you see Hewlin doing karaoke with him? It's so sick. Hewlin was doing karaoke? Yes, he posted on his Instagram he was doing karaoke with Carlos Mencia. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Dude, honestly, would you not? I mean, <laughs> if there's anybody you're going to do karaoke yes. with, it's going to be the guy who did stand-up, like, karaoke. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> he's good at covering other people, so he's going to be the best at karaoke. He, uh, the, the fact that a man got so famous in California doing the bits off of a guy who claims Greensboro is home is crazy. Because <laughs> Ari, the whole super fence thing was Ari Shafir. Yeah. And that, like, nine times out of ten, if you catch Ari on an interview, he says Greensboro's where he's from. Yeah. Like, he wasn't born here, but this is where he spent mm-hmm. a lot of his time. Like, Ari's insane. I yeah. love the man. Have you seen, did you watch Jew? Jew is fantastic. Dude, Jew is crazy. Yeah. I didn't really like Ari up to that. Like, I liked him, but his stand-up, like, I was like, this is cool, but it wasn't like. It's dodgy. Yeah, and then Jew is like a perfect hour. Yeah. And I was like, I didn't know that guy was capable of this. You know, like of a perfect hour about one subject. With, like, I, it's just, you can see he finally found something that he knows that much about. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's like he's so knowledgeable about that topic that he can question and have, like, a strong point of view on every inch of it. Oh, know? yeah. Like, the Adam and Eve joke where he's talking about, like, he was like, uh, we're going to make her from your rib. He's like, why is that the new rule? He's like, it's from scratch, not an option anymore. <laughs> it's like, yeah, obvi- that makes so much sense. When you think about it, why would he not just make another person? Yeah. He just made one. Like, it was cool. I mean, I, uh, I can't remember who it was I was talking about about it, but uh, we, were, we were going around and they were like, but we have an even number of ribs. And I was like, well, you know, they made Lilith before they made yeah. Eve. And like, who? I was like, oh, yeah, Adam had a first wife and that's Lilith. And she's the <laughs> queen of demons and witches. And everybody's like, there's no such thing as witches in the Bible. I was like, dog, revelations literally in the past yeah. couple of pages say, uh, wizards and warlocks and witches like be, be gone from me and then like it says like other crazy stuff yeah. so it's like either A magic's been real this whole time where <laughs> none of us are high enough to figure it out or maybe we're all too high or B somebody just doesn't like whimsy and wrote it all <laughs> into a big long book one of the two um, no I love Ari uh, he I remember um, I think it was I I can remember seeing Ari doing small local stuff when I first was getting into stand-up, which has been forever ago. And uh, it was all a bunch of, like, they were good bits, but it wasn't, like, a thing. But then Ari, so Ari got in trouble one time. And this is all before This Is Not Happening uh, came out. But he gets in trouble, so he used to get on Twitter, and he would, like, have a show in an arena or have a show at, like, uh, like there's a, I think there's a comedy club in the Mall of America Mm -hmm. or one of the bigger malls. And so he, like, went into, like, a J&M, and he would, like, hide, like, edibles. Or like, you know, like Listerine breath strips that had been like laced with weed or like acid or stuff like that. And he would hide them and he would leave clues on Twitter about how they come up there. So like some guy went to this J&M and knew where it was because he figured it out really quick and walked right over to it. And like deduced where it was, got the Listerine breath strips and left. But like didn't post up on Twitter that he did because normally Ari would say, if you find it, tweet me yeah. so I can say, hey, somebody found it. And then immediately after him. 
these two like bros showed up in that J and M and just started like throwing the women's lingerie over oh, their heads yeah. as they're looking for it. And like three more people showed up. The cops are all like, "Oh no, what's going on here?" And now Ari Shafir's like under arrest, and they're like, "You're selling drugs." And he's like, "No, I'm giving them away." Yeah. <laughs> so I think uh, the way it plays out for him is the cops like so. It was a uh, it was a marijuana breath strip or a regular breath strip, and he's like, "It was a marijuana breath strip." He's like, "No, I'm I'm asking you, was it a regular <laughs> breath strip or a marijuana breath?" He's like, "No, dumbass, I told you it was a marijuana <laughs> breath strip." Listen to me, you stupid yeah. fuck. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, he's yeah, Jew was fantastic. It's it's the really only good. special I've ever watched, and I can just because we've all got the thing in the back of our head, you know, the void. We all have that that mm-hmm. like. You know, you're driving through traffic and you see like a little kid kind of leaning out of a window and you're like, oh, that's cute. That's cute. And that little voice in the back of your head goes, fall, you motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, I had that voice in my head that was like, God, it'd be a shame if those candles fell over. True. Dude. <laughs> yeah. The, the, the amount of work that took to keep those lit for an hour. You know, nobody could like open a door in that place <laughs> probably. <Yeah>. Stop. <laughs> you have to get up to pee, pee on the floor. Yeah. But it looked awesome. It was really cool looking. I kind of wanted him at the end of the special to do some like Shifu shit and like just turn around and like fucking all the candles go out. Be That'd be fantastic. Brings out like a bow staff. Yeah. <laughs> I am the Avatar. Ari, uh, Ari's probably one of my favorites uh, for sure. Uh, my my magnum opus is Joey Diaz. Yeah. I don't think there's anything better, um, and I don't know why because I didn't find him until. So I've been I've been doing stand up almost five. Four or five years now? Mm-hmm. I think five. I think this year will be five. Because this would have been my third festival and I was on like pre-pandemic. Mm-hmm. So this would be five. And, well, this would be my third festival. I missed my first one because I was dying. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's so stupid. Like, that whole story is, uh, like, everybody asks me all the time, did you embellish for that? And I'm like, no. <laughs> I mean, that is 100% yeah. true. The eat a salad story is verbatim, yeah. <laughs> word for word, true. Yeah, I love Joe. He's, like, one of the first dudes I saw where I was, like, that's fucking awesome. Because I'm 23. So yeah. when that Rogan stuff started popping off, that was like 2015-ish. So I was 15. So that was my first introduction since I was like a kid to like dudes doing stand-up. Right. And I was like, I mean, there's no way it gets funnier than this guy. You know, that guy's a fucking crazy good storyteller. <laughs> I mean, just one of the best ever. Pound for pound, I think if, if you were to look at storytellers that are on the market today that are working... I'd say him and probably Ali Sadiq yeah. are the are the best two. Like Domino Effect, I, I, and the when Domino Effect came out, and I watched it six times. Yeah, the first day it came out, just sitting here looking at it, like, what is this motherfucker doing? Yeah. This is crazy. And I'll st- I, I probably watch it once a month, but I consume on a level of uh, you know everybody's got different rules of thumb, mm-hmm. but I I try really hard to make my jokes really resonate with me mm-hmm. or like uh, at least one of my ideals um yeah. so i think that kind of keeps me from like and i'm sure if i go through my catalog of shit which i say catalog like there's a lot if i go through yeah. the first eight pages of that fucking notebook yeah. right there and look because uh, that's what i call my compendium like it's uh, once a joke works it gets a number and mm-hmm. bullet points and because i have to stay organized man. yeah i need that, to do that bad that dude it's everybody does it different i'll uh when we get done i'll show you some stuff that i do um mm-hmm. and i got i got most of it from steve because before I started doing this, I was literally just like writing stuff down in a book. And if I thought it was good, I'd like put like a red star behind it. Yeah. But then I didn't realize that. And I'm going through and I'm editing my jokes with like putting red check marks. And mm-hmm. then, you know, I'm stoned. So I'm like, whoa, what do these mean? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, yeah, my, it's just my notes app on my phone. 
just wildly disorganized. I've got like a million notes with just like one word on them, and then I have to go through and like find all of them. And it sucks because I'll just get stuck in like doing whatever jokes I'm thinking about. Right. You know, because I don't I don't remember like once they're not in my head right that moment, they're like gone until I remember them again. You know? So like I'll have the jokes I'm doing and then I'll think of like a new one and I'll take one out for a little bit and then I forget I even did that joke. And then I'll come back in like two months and I'll be like, oh yeah, I have like four other jokes that were like kind of okay that I can work on now. Yeah, yeah. But if I had them all, I just need to like get like a spreadsheet or something of all my jokes together. Antonio's got a whiteboard that he keeps in his house, man. And it's it's crazy. He was, uh, were you there Thursday when he was talking about that? Oh, he was yeah. like, maintenance came in. He's like, whiteboard, whiteboard, you know, uh, crackers. Whiteboard, whiteboard, <laughs> Hitler. And I'd be weird too if I was a maintenance, but you know, like... We're we're an interesting clique of people. Um, every every time I talk to somebody from somewhere else, mm-hmm. they're like, "Why does everybody get along so well? Like, there's only so many things that y'all can do at the same time." And it's like, dude, no. Like, you do, people don't understand. It's not granted. Like the Idiot Box and Charlie Goodnights are the only two mom and pop clubs here yeah. in in the state. As well, not in the state. That, that's a lie. Uh, Dead Crows in Wilmington. Mm-hmm. There's a couple places, other places that aren't corporate controlled. Mm-hmm. But now Goodnights is, right? Because it's Helium. Well, so Goodnights is partnered with Helium, but it's still like Helium is like they're 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 booking through and then they record through Helium. Oh, and Helium gotcha. books there. But like Charlie Goodnights, they also like they have a booker that books their own stuff. Like oh, nice. Charlie Helium just funnels those guys. Gotcha. But I don't think Helium owns Charlie Goodnights. Gotcha. I think they're like partnered with Charlie oh, okay, Goodnights. Cool. But it's not like, you know, the improv where you've got an improv in every city or you, a comedy zone in every city yeah. where you can franchise through it. So everybody talks about the competition of it. And there's not like, there's there's never been a time that I can think, well, that okay, that's not entirely true. There's been a couple times where I've been mad like, oh, well, I thought I'd have done good on that show. Yeah. But <clears throat> in general, and honestly, neither of those shows Jenny booked. Uh, those were other shows that I saw that people were on. But I... um. I don't see the point where it's all, it's like Trundy one time said, everywhere you go, it's like crabs in a barrel and it shouldn't have to be that way. Mm-hmm. And uh, then I heard uh, I heard Kreischer on a on a podcast one time and I want to say it was two bears, but I don't think it was Tom. I think it was like a guest bear on. Um, and he goes, there's so many ways, or it might have been Tom and Bert might not have been there because this, this sounds too smart for Bert <laughs> to say. It's not that he doesn't say smart shit, it's just usually it's nonsensical shit. Yeah. But it was, there are so many ways to distribute media yourself mm-hmm. that... If you put in the time and the effort, there's no reason you can't record your own special. You can't. Granted, it costs money. Yeah. But you know, you can find people around you. A group of people can put up money to rent a theater. You know, we know enough people that record stuff. We know enough people that can edit stuff where we can work out. It's like, hey, if you help me edit this, I'll help you. You know, write stuff for a week, yeah. or you know, I'll give you notes on your sketches or shit like that. You know, where we can do that. And the 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 internet is infinitely expandable and it has no cap. There's yeah. no, there's there's data up and down caps, but there's no such thing as a space cap on something that has no, yeah. like the the internet's not local. It's this big amalgamous blob that exists in the middle of infinite nowhere yeah. inside our infinite nowhere, right? <laughs> so there's no, there's there's a million ways for you to distribute yourself. So it doesn't have to be crabs in a barrel. Just because you're like. Half of these assholes on TikTok and like these guys that were on Vine that are that are getting reels that are getting paid off of this that are getting paid off of views they're not they're not in fucking comedy clubs no. they're just putting out stuff yeah. as quickly as they can and when and those dudes do go to comedy clubs it's trash 
Now, you've got some that are, I think, uh, I think Jerry Perp drank, did comedy club stuff for a little while. And Jerry's funny. Mm -hmm. Like, Jerry's actually funny. He's, he's from, uh, I don't think he's from here. I think he's from, like, Wilmington. Mm -hmm. And then, um, oh, what's the other guy? Um, he used to do stuff with Juwan Cap. I can't think of his name. Um, he left and came back. Ryan Davis. Uh, oh, that's, yeah. yeah. Um, Ryan, now, and Ryan was funny. Mm -hmm. But I, I think he's a little, I personally think some of his stuff is all the same shtick mm -hmm. but that's fine yeah like if, if that's really good at the, like jeff foxworthy was the best comedian yeah. selling comedian of all time until kevin hart off of his one shtick yeah. which is crazy now i'm not gonna lie i watched the one he put out two years ago i mm -hmm. think maybe on netflix and i was like well this is pleasant yeah because it wasn't all you know you might be a redneck but to hear jeff foxworthy here everybody's like oh he's this amazing clean comic family guy and to hear him in the middle of a set be like well that was bullshit is yeah to me <laughs> that's amazing yeah. it's like yeah yeah but they're all like those guys get a lot of flight ron white's a fucking legend oh, dude he's so good a yeah. legend tater salad's one of the best jokes ever <laughs> they call me tater salad <laughs> yeah dude he's the man uh i've never seen ron live i can i can remember oh, yeah. watching I remember watching Blue Collar the first time, mm -hmm. and I was at uh, I was at this dude. His name was Robert. Uh, he uh, I went to school with him. He had a sister named Jordan, and I think it was somebody's birthday. He had two sisters. I think he had an older sister too, but I think she was too cool to hang out with yeah. us. But like her her parents put this in, and they came over to me and they're like, "Oh, there's there's like some some swearing in here. You should be fine." And like it's taken it, uh, like my mom always told me, you know. Be presentable when you're in public. Mm -hmm. So, like, people would say that, and I'd be like, oh, no, I'm sure my mother would think it's fine. It's like, you have no fucking idea what goes on in yeah. my house. Yeah. Like, you know, I walk into my house, you know, I'm fucking home, Mom. She'd yeah. be like, okay, that's fine, son. Jesus Christ. Calm your tits. And I'm like, they're wild, Mom, or whatever. <laughs> but uh, the first time I watched it, I remember watching Ron White set, and then I think Larry was after that, and they both did 10. And then Bill did 20, and I was like, can we just rewind this and watch those first two guys again? Yeah, I know. Yeah, Bill. Poor Bill, dude. <laughs> and I'm not saying he's not funny. Some of his stuff that he does, I like. Yeah. But I have to, like, I take Bill in doses. Yeah. Like, Bill's like Robitussin. Yeah. Like, true. he works, but you can't take too much of yeah. it. Yeah. Ron White's fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah. <laughs> you can just chug that shit. All day, yeah. dude. Sugar-free. Oh, yeah. uh, like, straight out the package. <laughs> That's because I was a kid when that came out. Like I was a kid, kid when yeah. that stuff came out, and like that was like my dad would watch that. It was Brian Regan. Brian uh, Regan, dude, fucking hilarious. I think he, yeah, he's one of the best ever, and he gets so overlooked. Those first two albums are so good. Like They're, the class clown bit, the one where he drives himself to the hospital, yeah. dude, and he's like, uh, he's like, can I park here? I think I'm gonna die. die. <laughs> Dude, so good. Uh, you, you should talk to Steve about Brian Regan. I love him. Uh, so Steve was telling us one time about, I can't remember if it was a special or a show that he mm -hmm. went to, but it's basically the whole show, 60 minutes, was Brian Regan doing one joke. That's awesome. But he did the same joke, Brian Regan style, yeah. 15 different times in the thing, and it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, I like Titus. I really like Christopher Titus. I don't know him. Dude, so uh, there used to be a show on Fox called Titus, mm -hmm. and it was about a guy who built hot rods with his dad. And Christopher was really into cars, and his dad was like a drag race guy. And uh, he was so that was cool for me because I like drag race, and then I also like funny stuff mm -hmm. when I was a kid. And the show gets canceled. So then he releases uh, his sec his first special is not super duper notable, but for uh, Southern Cali comic, yeah, um, good stuff. But then he put out this special called Norman Rockwell is Bleeding, which is mm -hmm. basically the whole two seasons of the show. Oh damn! All the material that went into the show. And it's it's fantastic. Awesome. 
because he gets on stage with lapel mics. Yeah. He doesn't carry around a microphone. He wants to be able to be as animated as he yeah. can. Um, and there's a couple comics that do that. I really like guys mm-hmm. that do that too. I think it's neat. Um, I may eventually switch into that. I don't know, yeah. but there's something about screaming into a microphone that just taps and tickles my musical gooch that makes yeah. me feel better. No, it's nice to have it. And I don't move at all, so I'm like... <laughs> well, I mean, but that's that's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad, because especially when, if you know somebody's taping you, like, I... I I think it was uh, the right after the pandemic ended, ended, we had first started going around, and Jenny decided she wanted to get a thing for a bunch of people to get tapes. So mm-hmm. it wasn't a UCC. It wasn't a show. We just set up a bunch of shows for people to get tapes done. Mm-hmm. And she was like, AJ, I'll do them, and we paid for them, you know, and all this stuff. But then after the first night, Jenny was like, y'all motherfuckers have to stop fucking moving so much because like we were a lot of us were young dude i used to pace Mm -hmm. i used to take the mic stand set down for me and i walked from one end of that stage to the other end of the stage for four minutes like i was trying to get my fucking steps in yeah (laughs) and it just it doesn't make sense like if you're acting out a bit that's cool um i think the best time i've ever seen it done was uh you know eric brown don't move a lot yeah the night him and juice headlined with each other Mm -hmm. and co-headlined like juice did some act outs and ebb and eb i can just hear eb in the back and say oh Oh, just move. Eric Brown can move too. <laughs> I can do that. And then he did. I can't remember which joke he did it on, but the way he did it, it just smacked. Because nobody yeah. had ever seen EB yeah. out of nowhere just be like, ah. He was like, what is this? That's awesome. It's so good. And he pulled out jokes. And that's one thing I like about seeing guys when you eventually see them do a long set. Like, mm-hmm. it'll, it'll do, you, they'll do stuff that they won't see. Like, uh, I've had a couple guys that have gone with me to VA because I usually, I, I'm, usually if I'm going to VA, I'm doing 15. Mm-hmm. Or more, um, and that's not because I'm not because I'm saying I'm at some certain level or anything, but that's just what they book me for. Yeah. And like, I'll get people up there that'll go up there with me. And go, I've never seen you do that before, like that. And I'm like, mm-hmm. no, because you've seen you've seen that bit in three parts. Yeah. As opposed to me seeing it do the whole thing and then like, like, dude, I've I've thrown stuff into the crowd. Like, I don't give a shit. Yeah. I if I had a t-shirt cannon. Yeah. <laughs> deadly. <laughs> My bad, lady. Just fucking six inches away from you. Just fucking... Dude, I'm telling you. Give me a confetti gun. I'm going to fuck True. shit up. T-shirt to the dome. Yeah. Well, I mean, and I can't... So music was my first love. Yeah, uh, me too. Long before, I, long before I did this, I played in a bunch of local bands and uh, went virtually nowhere, but had a, had a blast doing it. Yeah. Like, uh, we actually... And, uh, you know, the, I'm, I'm glad that I'm coming back this week and we're premiering season four this week um, doing this one because we, we lost... Uh, I don't know if you ever went to Sweat, but yeah, you know, Burley yeah. died, and that was... I know. That was crazy because, like, I've I've known that man for 20 years, and there's a lot of people that who have. And he gave a lot of guys, like, bands that I played with and bands that I had the fortunate to, like, have to sit in with to feel mm-hmm. for guys. Like, it's such a major part. And, yeah. like, uh, people don't realize that the people that, like, Between the Bear to Me went through there mm-hmm. long before they were Between the Bear to Me. Glass Casket, which is yeah. where most of those guys came from. Knives Exchanging Hands, My Heroes Me, The Demonstration, Kill Whitney Dead. Kill Whitney fucking yeah. Dead. Maddie Radinsky, back when he was skinny and didn't look like McDonald's beat the fuck out of him. But he's got kids now, so I understand. Um, so many good people that you put up. Uh, fucking St. Diablo from here. Uh, Mal Bolger from here. Pterodactyl from here. Under Oath, technically, yeah. from here. I went to school with Spencer. Really? Um, yeah. That's cool. He was, well, we were, we were in schools at the same time. Like, I don't think we really hung out, but we mm-hmm. knew who each other were. Yeah. Uh, scapegoat from here. Uh, and Burley just put up all those people. So that, that was, that's, that's one of the saddest things that's happened as far as at least music around here. And I drive past that venue all the time. Uh, the tattoo shop right next to there is actually mm-hmm. where I had my little tattoo shop show. Oh, nice. And um, then we had uh, the building next to it was the tavern. And I, if I could make it work, I would definitely turn that into a comedy venue. It would be awesome. 
Honestly, I do everything there. It's a cool room. I I only played there once, and I didn't I didn't know him very well. But I know so many dudes who have been doing it so much longer. Yeah, and I just saw like his face everywhere for like two days, and I was like, damn, that's cool. Yeah, he so his. The, here's here's how much the people love the man. So for the longest time I knew him up there, he had this golden retriever, uh, or like a little lab. And uh, as far as I knew, the dog's name was Dog. Like I don't, I never heard him. Like, Sparky, Skipper, yeah. Firefly, you know, nothing. Dog. Yeah, Dog. <laughs> and I remember when the dog died, and like you'd have thought that the mother of all these band members had died. Dude, there was a candlelight vigil. There were bands that hadn't been here in years. I'm talking famous people showed up for that shit. And I'm sitting around here and I was like, this is bananas. Uh, Dude with like bagpipes. <laughs> Just give him like a military funeral. <laughs> I think somebody pulled out a trumpet, man. I'm not going to lie. Because a lot Playing of us... taps for a fucking dog. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, well, one thing a lot of people don't realize is a lot of guys who are into, like, so, uh, like, I listen to everything, but I really yeah. like, like, death metal, uh, mm-hmm. breakdown core, you know, crazy stuff. Uh, if you can roll a D20 and, like, assign riffs to it and then play yeah. stuff off of that, I'm about it. Thaw, yeah. <laughs> fucking, I love it. Just uh, music that makes me want to punch a baby. Yeah. Um, I don't actually punch babies, you fucking Gentile listeners. Um, <laughs> not to alienate my non-Gentile brethren, uh, but... <laughs> but uh, a lot of us were like we were band geeks. Yeah, you know, like yeah, I was a marching band. Yeah, I'm mar- dude. I marched at T. Hell like yeah. it was. I, I try. Our, our director was a our director was a, a drum major at T when I was mm-hmm. in a elementary or elementary school, uh, high school, and then in middle school, uh, our director was awesome. Then we had a guy named Chris Henry that came in who was just as good, but he was like a a jazz band player. Yeah. And, like he was dude crazy stuff. Like he 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 was like you don't understand syncopation until you play in 1364. And I was like, who yeah. does I'm that? Good, bro. Yeah, like what? <laughs> Be honest, I'm good. <laughs> you he tried drumline, huh? Did you play drumline? Nah, bro. Nah. No, I played. So I discovered drums, uh, not meaning to discover drums. Yeah. Like somebody asked me to keep time on something, and then I started filling stuff. Yeah. And like nothing crazy, nothing ridiculous, just simple little like you know quad roll fills, you know maybe a long deep cymbal splashes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But nothing ridiculous, and it was just fun. Yeah. Uh, but I was I was a guitar player. Nice. Is is what I was. That that's where that's where my niche was. And I'm not to toot my own horn. I'm, I'm a decent little guitar player. Yeah. Like I'm 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 no fucking Steve Udomati by yeah. any means, but I, I can play a guitar. Yeah. Um. So that that was it for me. And I played uh, I played um, a little bit of bass too. Um. Nowhere near as good. I had some buddies that played bass phenomenally. Yeah. Phenomenally. What That's do you the, want, man? <laughs> this this is the advantage of like having your pets when you do stuff because like he's never an end to anything. He's just always in the way. Church. Yeah. Only gonna pay attention to me when we're recording. Yeah, that's it. And see, he's done. That's just literally all he wanted to do. He was like, "Yeah, no, I'm gonna come up here and I'm gonna look at some stuff and then I'm gonna gander on." Uh, <laughs> you ever heard me do the cereal bowl bit where he uh, he pushed off my cereal? Oh, yeah. That's a true story. <laughs> true story. That was also a truthful amount of acid that I was on that day as well. Um, so who knows what really happened? Um, what, what did you play? Uh, play drums. Play drums. Yeah. Well, uh, if you could pick a kit, what would be your your ideal kit? Because I can uh, I can about name mine from the hardware up. Yeah, I mean, ideal. No money is an issue. No cap. Uh, yeah, no money cap. Seventies like Ludwig bottom style. Jesus like, Christ! I mean, that's the best. You know the those like what are they called? Acrolyte was it? Yeah, the, those acrolyte snares. And the like giant fucking like twenty eight inch uh, drums, like the kick drums, are so nice. That would be ideal. Well, what's your favorite kind of cymbals to play? Uh, Zildjian. I got um, 
Like the K series are really nice. Yeah. I mean, the K series Dark Ride. Ooh. And it's like the best symbol I've ever owned. I've never had the money to buy like really nice ones, but that's the one I spent. I was like, I'll spend like three hundred dollars on this. I had a I had a set of uh, Sabian used to have a set that was called the Players Kit. Yeah. And it was you know standard hi hats and everything, mm-hmm. but it had a twenty four inch ride. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to like a twenty inch ride. But uh, my favorite symbol that I bought is I bought a Zildjian Titanium Crash symbol. Nice. And I beat the yeah. piss out of that thing when I had it. I mean, it was it looked like it had been in a shark attack by yeah. the time I got rid of that thing. It sucks because that stuff is so expensive and it's, like, meant to be destroyed. Yeah. You know, like, it makes no sense. Like, especially symbols. Like, and they'll be, like, hand-hammered and, like, beautiful. And, like, all you're going to do is beat the fuck out, out of this them. thing. It makes no sense. I uh I I came up in that weird end of uh local music where guys were they were like cutting pieces out of their symbols yeah. or like trying to take out parts because they wanted to like my crash or my ride's got to sound unique. It's like no, now it sounds like a trash yes. can. Yes, yeah. Like if you're gonna do that, be Sid Wilson. Yeah. Get a trash can and a baseball yeah. bat. It does the yeah. same thing. Did you uh, did you jump on the whole moon gel train? Uh, I got a couple. Around? I think it's fun on toms, but it's like tune your snare. Yeah, tight. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, if I'm, if I need them, if I'm like playing a snare that's shitty, or like I don't feel like tuning it, I'll put them on there. But the dudes who put like seventeen on a drum, it's like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> what do you use for kick? Uh, right now I've got like a Pearl set that my friend gave me, and then um, just like a DW pedal. I mean, the Iron Cobra is like the. The king of all drum pedals, but I, they're I'm, so expensive. I love Axis Longboards, mm-hmm. man. Axis Longboard, as far as me, that that was my favorite. One of my favorite pedals I ever saw, um, and there's a different version of them now, and they were super niche. But it was a single kick pedal, and I don't know what it's called now. But back in the day, it was called a Hot Shot pedal. Mm-hmm. So it was blue and orange, and it had a heel trigger and a toe trigger. Oh, okay. So you just had to rock back and forth. So like, I knew guys that were getting two Hot Shots. Yeah. And just like, uh, yeah, this is before you had click triggers. Yeah. <laughs> or I'm sure this is before anybody knew how to, anybody at least around here knew how to program a click trigger. Like nobody. Yeah. Program, like the, there was a, I think it was Mal Bulger was the first guy I saw that had a, a D-pad. Like oh, on yeah. his actual drum kit. Mm-hmm. And it was just progressively heavier 808 drops. Yeah. Like that's all yeah. it was. Yeah. Um, do you play with the head sticks? Did you ever jump on that one? No. The aluminum rebuildables? No, no. I I never had the money or, like, the interest in, like, gadgets. You know, like, I just like, I like two toms. Uh, I like a one cymbal, like, one ride cymbal, one crash cymbal, and hi-hats. Yeah. And it's like, that's all I need. Like, anything else than that, and you're, I feel like you're just doing it to be cool. You know, or, like, metal's a little different. Because you, there's so much shit you can access with like four toms yeah. and a double kick. But I never played metal, so I didn't need all the extremities. Yeah, like I'm in like a all indie band, like with a D pad on the side. It's too much. Like, <laughs> I uh, I like uh, I like DW drums. Mm-hmm. Uh, my ideal was like a, a DW standard. Uh, they had a uh, birch rings on them. Yeah, um, they all came factory with Remo heads and. Uh, I never got Kevlar. Mm-hmm. Like I got uh, like yeah. if you're uh, like I understand why Joey Jordan would have Kevlar drum heads. Yeah, that makes sense. But like I knew this dude that played in like this. They were basically just a jam band. Yeah, he was like, man, I'm putting these Kevlars on, and I was like, Bro. dude, you play with brushes? Yeah, ninety <laughs> percent of the time. Yeah, yeah um, no. it's nice for like a marching snare, but besides yeah. that, I don't know if you need Kevlar. No, and never. Especially inside, it's so loud. It's tinny. Yeah. 
it's tinny as shit. And then sounds uh, like hail's falling on the roof. I did a, I did a, my only addendum to my DW kit or my DW setup that that would be perfect for me is I would have uh, two snare drums. Yeah. Uh, one being Joey Jordanson's signature pearl snare. That is a goddamn beast mm-hmm. of a snare. And then uh, I, I need a good piccolo. Yeah, snare. I love a piccolo. Because there's something about that fucking rock when yeah. it hits that you're just like, okay. Dude, That's the cool. guy best piccolo snare is Travis Barker. Yes, dude, his is so cool. Yes, and he uses it really well. Travis Barker is one of the few dudes that I can watch in the middle of a set, especially a punk set. Yeah, throw the snares on and off on his drums for accents. It's just like, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, keep playing ska. Yeah, like, just <laughs> do. What's wrong with you? Yeah, but he's a phenomenal drummer. He's not my uh, Chris Adler's probably my favorite. John Bonham's greatest of all time. I, I'd say Neil Peart. No, I. Hundred percent disagree, dude. Uh, Neil Peart's all flash, dude. <laughs> Neil Peart's straight up. Listen to John Bonham has a foot that nobody else has. Triplets on a single kick is insane. And the sounds he got out of that thing. I'll give you that. Too. So half of my reason for the reason why I don't put John Bonham probably is because I was never the biggest Zeppelin fan. Yeah, it's fair. Like. I respect what Zeppelin did. I like Jimmy Page as a guitar, guitar player. There's other guitar players I like way better. Yeah. But once I got really, really into music and I found out that half of Led Zeppelin's catalog was basically repurposed check, chess records music, yeah. I was immediately like, the, fuck the Beach Boys. They ruined Chuck Berry's life. Pet Sounds is great. <laughs> Pet Sounds is great. And one of the most inventive records of all time. The, I don't own any Beach Boys stuff. Yeah. I, um, used to, look, I used to hate all that shit, too. And then I, like, then I actually, like, took the time and just listened to all the Pet Sounds, and you listen to music that came out that year, and you're like, oh, this dude was on another fucking level. I'll do that. I will do that, because I, I do like going back and doing it. That's like a hot take that nobody likes to hear. John Mayer is a badass guitar player. I love player. John Mayer, yeah. Badass guitar so player. And, like, I'm, you know, John Mayer for me was your body is a wonderland, so I didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And then somebody was like, yo... Here's a video of John on stage with Buddy Guy before he died, yeah. ripping. And I'm like, John Mayer doesn't fucking rip. I'm going to watch this so I can tell you how fucking stupid you are. And tw- ten minutes into it, I'm like, who is this yes. guy? This is not John Mayer. John Mayer's awesome. John, per- and then you go back and listen to songs that, like, if you go out and listen to John Mayer without the stigma of, like, the early 2000s, y- yeah. good songs. Yeah, good songs, good songs. But phenomenal guitar, like Prince. Everybody likes Prince's yep. music, but everybody forgets that. Like, Prince, there's a there's a video online of one of the craziest things I had ever seen, and it's a uh, James Brown. And honestly, I can stop there saying James Brown because that makes all yeah. the sense in the world. But it's James Brown. He's on stage, and I think he had on like assless chaps with pants underneath it. Hell yeah! This was like mustache James Brown too, <laughs> short bob hair James Brown, and he's on stage and he's in the crowd, and he was like, "The King of Pops here, the King, everybody give it up," and he gets Michael Jackson. Up on stage. <laughs> and then he notices that Prince is also in the Damn. crowd. And he's like, we'll get Prince over here. It's Prince playing guitar. Michael Jackson and James Brown dancing with each other. That's and awesome. then Prince starts breaking out moves at the same time. And I was like, this is like anybody in that crowd who did not appreciate that happening, kill yourself. Yeah. Like that's, you, you never see that happen. That's like, um, I think it was uh, VH1 or Fuse one year did like the God of Rock Awards. And they put together a super group at the end of it, and uh, they played uh, God of Thunder, because um, I think they honored Kiss that year. But mm-hmm. it was like, it was Scotty Anth- from Anthrax, it was Rob Zombie was doing vocals, uh, I can't remember who was on guitar, I want to say it was John Bato, 
and uh, maybe Igwe Malmsteen. But then they brought out Ace Freely <laughs> and fucking Tommy Lee's paying drums. Hell like, yeah. if there was ever a supergroup that should have continued to be a supergroup, yeah. that band should have toured. Yeah. Well, I get. I, I don't know. I guess somebody'd have to wheel out poor Ace. True. <laughs> Boy, old now. Dude, that man did so but like every I used to think they said he was an, a guy from outer space just because that was like he was just weird. Nah, man, he took that much acid. Yeah. Like Ace is gone, dude. Bro, can Tommy Lee stop posting his dick on Instagram? I'm I'm starting a petition <laughs> right now. I'm so tired of hearing about it. Well, I mean, like if you had it, wouldn't you? Yeah, but <laughs> fuck off, dude. <laughs> just... You already have so much money. Yeah, dude. I mean, it's like you fucking. <laughs> It's like putting a fire hose over your shoulder. Like, chill. <laughs> I mean, if I walked around with a Pringles can in my pants, I'd be like, once you pop, the fun don't stop. Yeah, you know. <laughs> After a while. <laughs> I remember I remember a, a buddy of mine in high school getting a hold of that Pamela Anderson, Tommy Lee Payne oh, video. Yeah. Back when, like, v, this is this is when you could still find V, because we li- I I've, I've got a bit about this, so I won't do the whole thing. But I think kids today are way too spoiled on it, like... Porn used to be an adventure. Yeah. Like, my main... If I wanted to look at porn when I was a kid, my main goal was to keep my mom off the phone long enough to not interrupt my dial-up connection. Yeah. Um, or I had to have somebody... And either that or somebody's friend had some magazines that their dad had bought in mm-hmm. the 70s and put in this seedy little duffel bag in the back of his closet. And they're all married, so it's like, yeah. on the one hand, it's like, does your wife just not go through this one duffel bag, A? Eh? She knows. Yeah. Or B, like, where's your wife's stuff that should be in this oh, double yeah, bag? yeah, dude. Yeah. But, like, porn used to be, it was so, like, you had to know somebody who had it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you had to have prints. Um, I knew somebody who came on one time that said that they would, like, take pictures of the thing and they'd print it out and they'd, like, sell it on the <laughs> playground. Like, titties, titties, That's titties. That's awesome. But it was still, like, porn for me was stills or 30-second videos. And if you wanted to watch a 30-second video at 8 o'clock... You had to you had to start dialing into the internet at six. Oh yeah, and like click on it at seven, and then just pause it, minimize the window, keep your mom off the phone, and then like, oh yeah, let me go check on this music that I'm downloading, <laughs> yeah. and then just go lock your door in your room and just watch the same chick pulling her tits out. Oh yeah, for for thirty seconds at a time. Yeah, I grew up in the good generation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You I guys... was eleven in two thousand eleven. <laughs> so I fucking yeah, not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up with Reddit. That's not good. <laughs> It's a fucking scary place to be. Hey man, I I remember when 4chan came oh, out. Yeah. I was j- at the at the worst potential part of the internet. It was like, who needs the dark web? Just get on 4chan. Yes, dude. 4chan was the funniest, coolest, and worst possible place all at the same time. Somehow, dude. Live leak. Yes. Oh my god. Dude. Rotten dot com. <laughs> I remember. <Best> score. <sighs> Do you remember watching Pain Olympic stuff? Did you? Yeah. Ever... Oh. oh yeah, dude. And now I'm going to smash my dick with a sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever go on Reddit 50-50? Bro, I, my, that was my middle school. <laughs> I was in sixth grade <laughs> watching dudes get their like heads blown off. It was like the two options were uh, like hot girl or guy gets run over by a train. And you would click on it and it would just be one of the two random links. And then you would click on it. And if it was the girl, you'd be like, damn it. Like no one <laughs> wants to like kind of okay thing to, like it's just like a picture of a girl like you can just google that everyone wants to see the fucked up shit well, there was like somebody was like uh you know oh i don't think i'll ever see a suicide in my life i'm like really you can google it i've seen 12 yeah, yeah. <laughs> last week yeah 
<laughs> there, there was literally a comp that went around on somebody's because uh, my my Twitter's a hellscape. Yeah. So it's all like friends of mine that I went to high school with who suddenly decided that the only way for them to make money is to spread their asshole on Twitter, yeah. which is fine. <laughs> you know, do what you do. Yeah. Um, but like through once you get thrown in that into the algorithm, you get bad stuff, and you'll get these video comps from people that are just you know like, oh, here's a guy who thought that life was too hard. The next thing you click, and he's like just sitting here talking to the camera for two minutes, and then all of a sudden he just reaches off camera oh. and grabs a saw off 12 gauge yeah. puts it in his face and then his face is over there over there yeah. and over there that's the thing dude i thought i was like numb to that shit because i watched it like in my formative years you know but then you like you i watch it now and it like <laughs> it freaks me out so much more i guess you're just ignorant when you're young and you don't realize like that that's real well because at that point you know you you've you've got a concept of like movies and yeah. stuff like that and you don't like it's hard to divide like twister fucked me up when i was a kid because yeah. i saw twister and then we had the uh you might not have been around yet, but we had these tornadoes that hit Stoneville and yeah, destroyed my, half of Stoneville. Yeah, that's where my mom's from. So my grandparents and stuff were there. Jesus my Christ. My brother got stuck in a Kmart with my grandparents. <laughs> and like, so I'm seeing that on the news and I'm like, what did that? And my mom was like, oh, do you remember Twister? Like, I thought tornadoes were fake. Yeah. You know, I hadn't seen the thing. And then like, for, for like 10 years of my mm -hmm. life, if the clouds were the same color as my laptop, I'd be like, we've got to get the fuck out of yeah. here. Yeah. Like just, I'm laying in a cloud. It's not even raining, dude. Yeah. There's a mild breeze and dark clouds my grandma's like where's where's tony mom's like oh he's in, he's in oh closet. dude tornadoes used to scare the shit out of me yeah like, the thought of a tornado is the most terrifying thing in the world and like you'd be in school and have like tornado drills and it would just be like just sit next to this fucking wall and all of our when all of our doors were glass yeah and it's like bro if anything comes in here they're destroying that door we're all getting sucked out and we're in a fucking wind tunnel, tunnel. dude. Yeah. Like, yeah, it made no sense to me. And I was like, just every time there was a tornado watch, I was like, I'm going to die for sure. I was like nine, like, contemplating my mortality <laughs> because there's a tornado watch. Who's going to get my Power Rangers? Yeah, dude. <laughs> we, uh, uh, we had one in high school, and it was the last one that I was involved in. And I, I, had, uh, I don't think I had been to rehab yet. I'd been locked up. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, it was, uh, I didn't realize I had anxiety about yeah. like, like I don't, I don't do closed spaces. Like if you ever want a cheap laugh, take me somewhere where we have to get on an elevator <laughs> because I'm literally going to stay in the corner and be like tiny metal box of death. Fuck this shit. I can't sit like the moment until the doors close. I'm fine. The moment yeah. the doors close, the first thing is like, what if we get stuck? Like first thought, immediate uh, second thought, what if the counterweight breaks? Yeah. It's a two story building and I'm worried about the counterweight throwing me out the top. <laughs> like it's not like we're in a 30 floor high rise. Yeah. I'm like, Oh no, we're going to die horrendously. And the moment, dude, when the door opens, I'm the first off the elevator. I don't care if there's 27 people in front mm -hmm. of me. We're all leaving in five steps. Yeah. All of us. I don't give a shit. And if there's four more or more people on an elevator, I don't care how big the elevator is. I'll be like, I'll wait for the next one. And like the best, so me and Jeremy go to a show in Charlotte and, um, we go to get on the elevator, and it's a bunch of uh, not Caucasian people, and yeah. me and Jeremy, and I let them all get on the elevator, and I'm like, we'll wait for the next one. And then Jeremy's like, looking at me like, what are you doing, bro? And I'm like, I just, big group of people in a confined space, he was like, oh, because all of those people think we're racist. And I was like, <laughs> too sure. Or, or it's <laughs> you and Jeremy, you're going to take up the whole elevator. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. are like, oh, these are nice fat dudes. <laughs> Be considerate. Yeah. <laughs> Like, man, my stomach kind of hurts. I don't want to fucking bust a grumpy and ruin your yeah, night. dude. <laughs> Dry your hair, man. Yeah. Fucking. Yeah, I think everybody on that elevator is like, please don't fucking get in this elevator. Yeah. That's fair. That's that's totally fair. I have definitely seen, like, I've definitely been coming up an escalator before and watched somebody go, oh! yeah. and I'm like, I'm not coming up on you, man. Yeah. Like, 
I do kind of want to walk around with a tuba though, and just like be nice, dude. Bum 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 bum. That's a good Instagram series for you. Just walking downtown with a tuba. <laughs> that involved, you know. I'm pretty. Here's 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 the bad thing about knowing music nerds. I'm pretty sure I could call like three people and probably get a hold of it. Too. Oh yeah, my roommate just found his old trumpet from marching bands <laughs> just sitting there. Those are fun too. That that brass was the weirdest shit to play. Because it's like three vowels and just as many notes as everything else. Yeah, it doesn't else. make any sense. Yeah, just <laughs> yeah. I, tried to play, I tried to play saxophone in middle school. Sax is fun. Bro, I was so bad at it that my teacher bought me a snare drum. Like, that's how much I sucked. It made no sense to me at all. And for a week, I didn't have anything to play. And I was just like, like just sitting on xylophones like i was just so bored and i was like 11 and embarrassed that they wouldn't let me play so i was just like causing havoc at least he didn't like you know give you a piccolo and be like you true. know <laughs> try to try to fucking minute work this up though true that would have sucked now i played i played a lot of woodwinds uh sax was fun i, I started out on clarinet clarinet mm-hmm. was cool because i was really into john coltrane so like yeah. uh clarinet was just really really cool and Another like north carolina natives yeah dude and just it, to me, it was neat. Mm-hmm. Um, there was also a sick part of me that, you know, Matthew Broderick of the Open Affairs Bueller, he yeah. never had a lesson. Uh, but uh, clarinet, bass clarinet, a lot of brass. Try to play French horn at one point because that's a classy yeah. instrument. Bro, does, it, does any instrument sound worse on its own than a French horn? An oboe. True, <laughs> yeah. Those two. Yeah. They both sound like farts. Yeah. Yeah. I know it's Star Wars, but fucking stop eating yeah. beans. Chill. Yeah. Dude, I, I was in high school when Thrift Shop came out. Bro, every saxophone player. Just, <laughs> oh my god, dude. Used to drive me nuts. Daniel Anderson, dude. If you fucking find this, shut up. <laughs> so annoying. I will I will hunt him down and send him this link. <laughs> there can only be so many of them. <laughs> True. <laughs> Some poor dude in Iowa is like, I've never been to North Carolina, but I did play sax. <laughs> and he definitely <laughs> did that, that shit, so fuck that guy too. <laughs> Anybody who played saxophone in 2011 is fucking... <laughs> Especially if that was your... Like, if you were an established saxophone player, that's cool. There's only one person who's allowed to play sax from Thirst Shop, and that's the guy that's in the Dave Matthews band. True. I respect that guy. <laughs> Other than that, no that's somebody who I've never seen live that, like, I think it'd be fun, but I think I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, Dave Matthews gets too much hate, but it's also, like, appropriate. Yeah. You know, like, if you don't wear shoes and you scat on stage, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Like, all your band members, fantastic. Like, his yeah. drummer, amazing. He, he's an amazing guitar player. He's a really like interesting guitar player. Yeah. He plays weird chords and like but he's I'm sure he's a dickhead. I, I feel like he's too nice. I feel like he's just because, just because it's like and if you really like this concert, you can record it and put it out for everybody that's, in the scabbity bibble. Yeah, that's just Cosby, but fuck yeah. <laughs> Same thing. True. Same Dave thing. Matthews is white Bill Cosby. <laughs> Less quaalude, more roof and all. Because <laughs> how else are those bitches listening to his music? But like, he gives out all this stuff that's cool. But I'm sure it's a fun show. But that's that's too much skibbity babble for me. Yeah, no, I'm not about it. Ants marching, sick. Crash, Sa- sick. sick. Satellites, good. Yeah, everything else, I'm good on. 
I'm just gonna sing vowels. A E I O U. Sometimes why? Take these chances. <laughs> Exclamation, proclamation, or whatever. Parenthesis. <laughs> Semicolon, I used it incorrectly. M dash, what's in M dash right now? <laughs> I did not do well in English in college, so you lost me an index. <laughs> I don't know how to use it. It's just a fucking long dash, and it's in anything professional. I don't know why. Is that a gremlin? No, it's my AC. <laughs> and it sounds, after a month, after a month of it, it's finally like an acceptable yeah. temperature in here. So I've been, uh, so a lot of people have been wondering what's been going on with the podcast, and yeah, I've been going through shit as far as like legally. Um, that I, I've like I've talked about, but I haven't really talked about in here because Corey finally gets none of their business. And I feel like the state of North Carolina, if I admit anything on here, can use this against me. So yeah. can't really talk too much about it yet. <laughs> but they're not coming to my shows, so fuck them. <laughs> uh, but uh, the the air, it's just like so it's it's leaking. Like mm-hmm. that what you're hearing there is a freon leak. So that nice. means by tomorrow it'll probably be hot in here again. Yeah. And then I'm gonna make another phone call and be like, hey, where's my new unit? And they're gonna be like, hey. They said everything was fixed, and I'm gonna be like, "Listen to me, you mouth-breathing sons of bitches." <laughs> if I it was 80 degrees in here for like a week, dude, I felt like the shittiest honey-baked ham. <laughs> like I'm not supposed to baste in my own juices. True. Ew. Damn, dude, you're just sitting in here, girlfriend's rubbing a glaze on you. <laughs> well, hon, you looked honey-dipped today. <laughs> yeah, dude, I can't deal with the heat. Dude. I really can't. I don't, like, when I was working outside and when I was working in auto shops and stuff like that, it didn't bother me because I was jamming all day. Like, yeah, you're working. <laughs> it didn't matter, dude. And <coughs> Yeah, working in the shop sucked, but, like, I always had cool shop managers that would, like, every morning, if it was summertime, they'd literally go, like, we had, like, a jar that everybody would come in and throw, like, a couple bucks in every day. Mm-hmm. And they'd go hit, like, the fucking store and get, like, a thing of brisk tea, yeah. a thing of Diet Coke, and, like, a case of water. And then every day somebody just went and got a different two bags of ice. Yeah. And that's what we, all of us, every day just freaking jam through it. We'd all throw change at it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and every shop I've been at. Yeah. Usually on Saturdays it'd be so busy that you couldn't go. So, like, everybody would, like, throw in on, like, pizza. Or, like, somebody go to Chick-fil-A and get yeah. sandwiches for everybody. Dude, we all just, it was fun. Like, you get mad at people. Some wrenches got thrown once in a while. Yeah. yeah. But it was all fun. But, is it like, if I'm in my house, and right. I'm, like, if I'm sweating playing COD, it's because I'm trying hard. Yeah. Not because I'm in the loading menu going, I do declare it's a might woman to some motherfucker. <laughs> you can't be sweating while you're sweating, dude. Yeah, yeah. There's no sweat sweat. No, and that's the thing. Like, you can deal with heat at work because you know you're coming home and it's going to be 60 degrees. You know? Like, if it's hot outside and I got to work all day, I set that thermostat as low as I can before I go to work. You know? Like, and then I come home and just fucking, uh, dude, yeah. But then going home to fucking heat, nothing worse. Dude, I was like, I felt like I was doing polar plunges. I'd like get in my shower and I'd turn that thing on cold. Yes. Like, it's like I've got like a thing of ice in one hand and my bar soap in the other. I'm like, I don't know what this is doing for my skin, but it's doing something. It was just so shitty. But, you know, like, all in all, it's not a bad, I don't know, just, it's, it's management problems. Because yep. they, they, they all say, oh, it's, you're not letting us know. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> and it's not that I'm not letting those guys know. It's <coughs> that when you say it's resolved and I say, well, no, it's not resolved, don't counter me with, oh, well, my maintenance people said it resolved. Yeah. <coughs> they are human. 
to human is to error. Yes. And like, the maintenance guy even told me, oh, you've got a link in your unit. We're going to have to replace your unit. We're going to order you one. So I don't know whether they ordered it. <coughs> and then like somebody moved out of an apartment and they had to replace that one too. And yeah. because of monetary reasons, that sure. But like, I'm living here. Mm-hmm. I pay rent. Yeah. Like any other red-blooded American. Comfort. I know, dude. I've never had a maintenance dude who, like, was on it. Like, I've had one dude who came in, and he was cool, but then he would just, like, talk my ear off. And I was just like, bro, I'm shutting the door. Please just fix the sink. Like, (laughs) (laughs) We've never, um, since we've been here, we've never really had any issues. Mm -hmm. Like, major ones, except for this last little fiasco. But I've had, uh, I had maintenance guys at other places. I had a maintenance guy at one place uh, that I was living at back when I was doing drugs. And, uh, dude, he was a class act. <coughs> he lived, like, across the street from us. And we lived in townhouses. And he'd come over, you know, like, I'd be grilling on the weekends. And, you know, he'd yell at other people. But, you know, like, I'd be doing my thing. And he'd be like, hey, man, I got some steak. You yeah. mind if I throw it on? I'd be like, fuck yeah, dog, come on in. Yeah, I, I tapped on his door one day. And I was like, hey, man, my garbage disposal is acting funny. And uh, I came home. There was a note on my table. And he was like, hey, man, I came over. And uh, I smelled that fire you got in your grinder, bro. Like, I'm sorry, man. Here's five bucks. I took a ball grab. And I'm like, that's awesome. I came home one day, and I had, like, a little tiny pile of cocaine. And, like, he had, like, swept up the cocaine into a tiny little pile and put a napkin over it. Mm-hmm. And, like, just left it there. And that is grade-A service. True, that is. Because, like, if I'm doing maintenance in an apartment and I find coke that you left out, you didn't care about that coke. Yes. Like, true. I'm doing it. Maintenance dudes love cocaine, for sure. Everybody loves cocaine. That's the, that's the problem. I haven't been, God, I haven't been cooking. It'll be six years in January since yeah. I since I cleaned up. Nice. Never done coke. Don't. Yeah, I got no, that's the thing. I get anything like that, I'm like, I'm probably going to like that a lot. And I just like push it to the side. Like I would never, if somebody told me that they, they were planning on trying it, I would be like, look, I'm not going to stop you from living your life. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you. That one of three things is going to happen. You're just going to enjoy it that one time and you're going to be like, okay, maybe not for me. Or you're going to really love it and you might get spung on it for a little bit. But like, I know guys who, I, and legitimately I know guys who can get it once or twice a year, have yeah. a baller ass weekend, mm-hmm. and then be done. I don't have yes. an off switch. Yeah. That's why I don't, uh, you know, it's, if, if you get me out and I get like two or three beers in me, I'm going to drink 12. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's th- hard to stop. Yeah, there's no... Because it's, it's, it's party in a cup, man, mm-hmm. and it just keeps going. I know. So imagine that, but you only have to take this much of it, and you bought a bag that has this much in yeah, it. Yeah, I know, dude. That's the thing that scares you, because I'm that way with food. I have horrible impulse control, like, just in any way. So it's like, I'm staying away from anything that will is going to kill me immediately. Yeah. <laughs> All the other stuff is the long haul, and I can not think about that for yeah. a couple years. But, yeah, anything like that, I'm like, bro, I'm going to die. Yeah. <laughs> We, uh, I accidentally did heroin one time. Um, <laughs> to be fair, uh, it was it was dark in the studio. I thought it was meth. <laughs> That's another story. Uh, to be fair, we were in this dude's room. It was dark, and he was like, "Hey, man, I got a little powder. You want a little toot?" And you know, I heard two words that sounded like cocaine yeah. in my head: powder and toot. I'm like, yeah. "Woo!" And like, uh, he gives me a little bump, and I'm like, <clears throat> and I'm immediately like, "Oh man, I'm... hey, this coke tape." Tastes funny. <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, man, that's dog food. And I was like, you gave me fucking <laughs> hell yeah. Three hours later. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, no, nah, it's all good. 
and and then I smoked opium a couple times, but no, I I did meth unintentionally a few times because people told me it was Molly. Yeah. Um, definitely not Molly. Like, I know what MCAT meant because I was when Molly first came around. It wasn't Molly. It was a drug called MCAT, mm -hmm. and it was happiness in a bag. Yeah. Um, and, but the come down sucked. Like for sixteen hours of like literally the most joy you'll ever have in yeah. your life. And then the next day, you're just, I just want to die. That's the thing, dude. My brain is too depressed already to have all the serotonin depleted from <laughs> all of it. Like, yeah. But uh, you, you can tell it's meth because, like, like on Molly on the way down, you just feel, like, a little bumpy. And then, like, you don't really get that part until you're, like, done, done. Like, you can usually go to sleep and wake up, and you're just like, oh, I'm not getting out of bed today. Yeah. Like, on MCAT, it's not so existential. On meth, on the way down, you're immediately like, oh, the world is ending. Yeah. And it's like, and you're still, like, it's still in your body. Yeah. And you're just like, I don't understand why this sucks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's the worst. It's the worst. I, I, I smoke pot now, and that's it. That, yeah. that is my, uh, that is my crutch, um, which is a pun because crutches are what you put in the end of them. Ha ha. <laughs> uh, no, that's all I got. It, it's, uh, I, I think, and it's like I said on stage uh, when I was at the thing in Charlotte. I was like, "Look, it's 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 medicine. It's because because of the amount that I smoke, I haven't had to take antidepressants in years. Which, yeah. to be fair, I could probably get on a mild one and it would do me good because they did me good previously. I'm mm -hmm. not saying they didn't, but you know, you're on two. Eventually, your antidepressants are going to not work as well. And they're going to have to change your dose or change your medicine entirely. And the moment that happens, it's that other three month period of trial and error yeah. of them throwing shit at the wall and seeing what sticks. Like, cause some of them are going to make you feel great, but then once a week you're going to want to kill your cat. Yeah. And you know, some of them you're just going to go through all these crazy, like there's no reason that, Hey, we're going to give you this drug that prevents your suicidal thoughts. Oh, what's one of the side effects? Suicidal thoughts. Yeah, dude. It's, it doesn't make sense. And like, I think anything you can do to stay out of those motherfuckers view is good. Yeah. I mean, some of them do really good jobs, and some of them really help people. Some antidepressants are great. Other ones fucking kill people. You know? And other ones make people want to kill themselves. Prozac. I mean, fucking Accutane made a bunch of people kill themselves. Yes! You know? Like, bro, I can't take acne medicine without wanting to kill myself. <laughs> like, what the fuck? The acne made me want to kill myself in the first place. Exactly. <laughs> Especially if I, <laughs> I went to school with, uh, with this young lady. I won't say her name. And acne hit her really bad yeah. in middle school. And people beat her up about it. Yeah. And it was, and she was a pretty girl. She just had terrible acne. Yeah. And then high school hit, and it all cleared up, and all these dudes were like, hey, 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 hey. And she was like, oh, no, 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 yeah. no. And come to find out, because of all the press things, she was such a sweet little girl and a total dirty, dirty slut. <laughs> <laughs> Which, it worked out great for somebody. Yeah. <laughs> but the rest of these guys were like, oh, man, we found out, like, she was, like the kind of girl that would just go into the woods, pull her skirt up, and be like, please, come in my ass. <laughs> you know? Like, what do you mean? Yeah. We're 16. That shouldn't be a thing. That's the fucking side effects of Accutane, dude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude. Acne hit me like a freight train in middle school. I had horrible acne. But see, you came out of it on the other side. Like, you don't have yeah. a lot of face scarring, you know, or anything. Like, I get I get it bad around my lips and stuff, but that's because I've always worked at jobs where I sweat on my hands. Yeah. And, like, I did this. Yeah. I can't help it. And I, I never used my fingers to wipe my eyes because, like, working in the car shop, you'd wear gloves. And, you know, that's how you wipe, sweat off your brow and yeah. everything. So, like, my brow line will get it real bad and shit like that. But that's just thing. And then, you know, the beard doesn't help. Yeah, it does not. The worst thing in the world is when you're combing your beard and you're like, God, oh, is that a pimple? And all of a sudden, oh, yeah. it is. That and ingrown hairs. I'm Bro. Yeah, I'm not that hairy of a dude, luckily, so I don't get them that bad. But I got one right in, like, above my dick one time, 
Dude, having to pull that thing out hurts so just, bad. Ah, yeah. Why is it so long? Oh my god, dude. I had a I had one uh, under my arm one time and it infected the follicle. Oof. And like I didn't realize it. Like I remember I felt it and I was like, oh, this ain't going hair. I'll deal with it in a couple of days. But like I'm working in the shop, so like yeah. we're wearing you know stuff that if you spill battery acid it doesn't grow, but so it keeps sweating. So it was just I was just harboring this little fungi yeah. factory under my. Oh yeah. And I remember I like came home one day and like I think the chick I was dating the one time she was like, what is that? And she touched my arm and I was like, ow! Oh, yeah. What is? And she's like, oh, it's like a pimple. I got you. And then like just. I just remember pain and blood all over my Oh, yeah. Dude. Oh, I hate that shit. I just got a... I had a rash on my fucking armpits, like, a week ago, because I, like, switched deodorants. And I had never had that before. Like, I don't have that sensitive of skin, I don't think, but that shit got me. And it was burning for, like, three days. You said they're like, what, what? Yeah, dude, that fucking Target Everyman Jack. Fuck that, dude. Never buying sandalwood again. (laughs) Shit fucked me up. There, uh, I try to any anytime I buy anything now, I try to make sure it doesn't say it says it has no aluminum in it. Yeah, um, and I try to stay away from a lot of store stuff. Um, actually, uh, I wish I was sponsored by them because this would be a great plug. I use a lot of Doctor Squat shit, mm. uh, mainly because I can order it and they'll just send it to my house. Yeah, uh, it's I've I've slowly like minus guys like you know y'all in comics and stuff that I hang out with like I just. It's hard for me now at this point to interact with people. Oh, yeah. Because, I've always had a hard time with it. Well, for me, being around comics so much, like, I can walk around and be as unfiltered as mm-hmm. I need to be at all times. So, like, if I go to Walmart and somebody's like, oh, eggs, are you cooking, you know, burritos or, so you know, whatever? Too. You know, are, are you cooking, you know, what are you making? And, you know, to most people, I'd be like, oh, you know where me and most people, you'd have a regular answer for that. Me, I'm like, I'm growing chickens, bitch. What the fuck yeah. do you think? And I'm saying that, and my wife's like, honey, honey, honey. I know. Not a comedian. And I'm like, I'm so sorry. I tell jokes for a living. I didn't know you were a stuck-up twat. Yeah. And then yeah. they're like, she's like, you got to turn it off. Yeah. And I'm like, I did nah, Yeah, I got a tinge of autism or something, dude, because I cannot, I cannot turn it off. I don't know how. It still doesn't make sense to me that you can't say things to everybody. It make like, my brain does not compute the fact that I can't, like, just say whatever I want to anybody. Yeah. You know? Like, I can't go up to an 80-year-old and be like, fuck you. Like... I mean, you can. Yes, you can. But they don't like it. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> they typically don't. Yeah. On that note, pause for a second. We're gonna, yeah. we're gonna pay some bills real quick, guys. We gotta do an ad. We'll be right back. This episode of the Subwalk Crew is sponsored by Dubby Energy. We're declaring war on big energy. That's right. You've heard it. Guys, I've, I've been somebody who for a long time has drank energy drinks from a lot of those companies that sell a lot of different colorful cans in a lot of different colorful places. And uh, you know what? It's just I always find out like I either drink too much and I feel jittery sometimes because of the additives, uh, because it's got so much filler, um, because there's so much sugar in it. Even in the ones that don't have sugar, they hide sugars in it. There's just a lot of other bullshit in a lot of your energy drinks and you know with w energy we're waging war on it w energy is a new energy drink that's out there declaring war on it they're tired of big energy favoring profit over quality and making energy drinks loaded with um maltotoxin fillers artificial colors and dyes sugars all sorts of things you shouldn't have things that make you shake and everything and especially things that get you crash so if you're as upset as i am you know uh, declare war on big energy with us check out w energy drink um w energy drink comes in a powder throw it in a shaker shake it up on your own man look fantastic fantastic flavors um, me personally, I'll tell you what, since I've been with W, uh, I really like the Dragonade, uh, Dragonade's awesome. You've also got the Dub Sludge, uh, the Big Energy Tears. 
the Beach and Peach is fantastic. The Beach and Peach is slushy worthy, I'm telling you. Flavors like Passion Joy, Push and Punch. Um, and if you're not ready to commit to a whole tub of energy, that's perfectly fine. Uh, you know what? Grab a starter pack. The starter pack comes with a shaker cup and a couple small ends so you can get a sample of what it's like. Experience crash-free energy. Experience something better. And if you use the code ThatComicTony, you're going to get 10% off your purchases on Dubby. That's right. If you use the code ThatComicTony at per uh, checkout, you'll get 10% off on your purchases. So declare war on big energy. Try Dubby using the code ThatComicTony today, and we can declare war on big energy together, guys. So you can tell old people fuck you. Uh, <laughs> but they're just probably... That's that's how in the business we call calling back to a previous thing. Um, no, uh, mushrooms are fire. Um, but I uh, I would be remiss to say, you know, like, I, I cry on them probably every time I take them. But uh, I, like, sometimes I feel like I'm, I'm too much of an asshole or I've been too much of an asshole. Yeah. And if I know it's been, like, two or three weeks since I feel like I've felt like a good emotion... I'll, like, get online and look up, like, videos of, like, people reuniting with their pets. Oh, or, like, yeah, dude. soldiers coming home to, like, specifically their children or their yeah. wives. Or the dog, dude. Or the, or the dog. Or the dog starts wagging. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm just, like, it just makes me feel so good. Yeah. And, like, that, like, I have to make myself do that once or twice a week to remind me that I'm not a total piece of shit. Oh, I know, yeah. I get real down. I, like, I always feel like I'm being a dickhead to everybody. Even when I'm not. I just, like, I have a constant worry of, like, I'm being too mean to somebody or I'm just being, you know... Like, just being an intrusion on something. I you personally know? think you're delightful. Thanks, man. I try to be. I really try to be, but... No, there's... I, I, I don't think... Uh, I, I honestly think this is one of the few things, and I, I don't like using the phrase that's all in your head as somebody who's had, like, you know, uh, has had to take, like, antipsychotics and mm -hmm. stuff for different things. I don't like the phrase all in your head. I don't. But I think that, in your instance, is a little more, like, a, a perception of... Like maybe previous things that people have told you that doesn't yep. exist for you anymore. Because we, we as a group of people, especially up there, are really like, we love everybody. Yeah. You know, I mean, uh, from from you to Do Rag to Jermaine Colando, Jordan Freeman, fucking, we love everybody. We yeah. do. Um, and none of no, none of us are afraid. To, sometimes to be like, hey, yo, what the fuck are you saying? Yeah. Like, none yeah. of us are afraid to do that. But th that's what makes us different as opposed to everywhere else. To circle back to what I said. Two hours ago, when we started this, uh, you know, it's that's what makes us so unique, as opposed to wherever you go. Is like we just like we all love each other, and and it's it's real. Like we're not a group yeah. of people that like when I dap people up at the end of it, like, hey man, I love you. I'm not saying that to be nice or nice. Yeah. I mean that shit. I know because because I care about you guys. Like I just like you know if I hear one of you guys going through some shit, I feel like I'm going through it because like it's never have a minus like the people I count in my close friend group and my wife, like not even my family gets to see me deal through emotions the way yeah. that you guys get to see me deal yeah. through it. Cause you get it mm -hmm. as opposed to everybody else does it. You guys are like, Oh, this is a poor broken thing and we don't have to lift him up, but let's let him get through some shit and maybe something funny will come. Yeah. From it. And that's, what's cool about it is knowing like knowing everybody thinks the same way you do. Yeah. Whether you, whether you like, cause some people have really crazy shit that's happened to them. And some people, like, I haven't, my life's been good. My parents are cool. Like, I got a good life, but there's something in my head that's different. And there's something in my head that's off. And no matter what, like, caused that for people, everybody thinks about it <coughs> the same way. Yeah. And that's, like, a cool, it's a cool group of people to be around. Oh, yeah. And it's a cool, that's why you don't have to <coughs> filter anything you say. That's why you don't have to worry about what you're talking about yeah. with those people. It's because everyone under, kind of understands what you're going through. Yeah. Or where you're coming from, you yeah. know? Now, we've all got a list, like, there's, like... 
there's certain things I can say to Jordan Freeman that I can't say to Jermaine. Yes. Because yeah. I can pick with Jordan Freeman a little more than I can with Jermaine. Yeah, and that's um, with anybody. I mean, obviously, I'm not saying, like, say anything. Yeah, I'm just yeah. saying, like, yeah, yeah. there are certain... You can be much more blunt about your, like, feelings or your opinions on something. And you don't have to, like, steer around someone's, like, sensitivities, really. Yeah. Which, you know... I mean, obviously, none of us are bad people, and none of us like no. I don't think I don't, a bad way. So it's like, but it's just if you are trying to make a point, you can go in a straight line. You know? Yeah, you can make your point, but it's it's like uh, I've I've got the joke. Have you ever heard me do the casket joke? I don't think so. Uh, it's it's been my closer lately. Um, I'll, I'll do it sometime this week. Um, but uh, it, it basically the the judge of the joke is anything can be funny, mm-hmm. and anything by anything can yes. be funny. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, it's about me losing my cousin and, uh, basically the end of the bit is, uh, his brother shitting on him as we're carrying him yeah. to the, to the gravesite. Literally like as Paul bears yeah. walking him there, <clears throat> but it's, it, it was a beautiful moment. And, um, you know, uh, one, if, if there's one thing that I can tell anybody, it's a, never let the truth get in front of a good joke, Yes. but B like when it comes from somewhere that's a hundred percent true to you. Like, embellishing isn't lying. Yes. That's jazzing it up. Like, you can follow a recipe and make great shepherd's pie. Yeah. Or, you can put some, you know, coriander in that shit and make fire shepherd's yeah, pie. exactly. And that's the thing, like, I don't know. Have you ever heard somebody tell a story that's 100% true? <laughs> Fucking boring. <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I think, I, th- I actually, I, 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 with the heart of my hearts, believe that everything Coco says is 100% true. True. The, I'm sure he's throwing something in there. There's a little splash of coriander in those stories. I don't think there's a lot. No. I don't think there's a lot. Bill Burr, I think there's some splashes of coriander. Yeah. yeah. But I, I don't think there's a lot with Coco. There, there's some guys that are just genuinely crazy. Yeah. Like, uh, oh, fuck, what's his name? Like, Bobby Lee. Yeah, that dude's a fucking psycho. Bobby dude. Lee. Dude, they were just in North Carolina. I know. They were just in North Carolina, and I miss that so much. But Bobby is... I love listening to Bobby's story because it's like, you know, uh, I remember, uh, like, OG Mad TV, I think the big problem was Artie Lang was the big yeah. drug user at the time. Yeah. Um, but you know, then you had Bobby and like, just well, Bobby's like, Oh yeah, I was just on so much shit, you know, but you just see him on mad TV. But if you go back and listen to the years that he talks about when he was on shit, you can watch his performances those years yeah. and be like, Oh my yeah. God. <laughs> like nothing like the, I can't remember the name of the character that he did, but you come and be like, Oh, hot dog. You know, oh, yeah. to the Asian dude. but there's certain ones where you can look at and he's got like a normal face, like Bobby's face, but there's other ones where he's fucking oh, yeah. wide eyed, just like, yeah. And I'm like, Jesus yeah, Christ, bro. Uh, but Bob, I, I don't think anything about, well, Nobody, I don't think anybody but Bobby and God knows what Bobby's saying is true or not. Yeah, yeah. But I think the vast majority of it, unfortunately, is true. Yeah, that's the thing. It's the dudes who you wish it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, that's all true. Yeah, Bobby, Artie. Uh, I'm pretty sure, well, I, I can, I'd almost bet for a fact that 90% of Ali Sadiq's is true. Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure his env- his embellishment is just words he said to the people. But yeah. I think the actual juxtaposition of the story, mm-hmm. 100% true. Yeah, but that's what I, people always, like, talk about. It's like... There, people always say there's truth in comedy, and then they're like, and then there's the juxtaposition of but like we're lying sometimes. Yeah, and it's like, I don't think when people say there's truth in comedy, I don't think they mean everything you say is true. It's the feeling. Yeah, that's yeah. the truth. Is you're you're making people feel a certain way about a topic that they might not have felt before. You know, and it's like that's what the truth is: is getting getting people to admit when something is 
like hypocritical or stupid, you know, or admit that something's funny that they've never thought is funny before. Exactly. You know? And that's what the truth of it is, when I think, when people talk about it. Yeah. And that's the weird, like, people always try to argue the, like, then why are you lying in a story? It's like, to make it funny. Yeah. Like... Nobody, if, if I've got a story about, you know, I saved this dog, but then the dog ended up dying. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear about the dog dying in the end, but if I can make the dog dying in the end make you feel a certain way about something, I'm going to make the dog live five years longer and experience stuff with the dog, and then the dog dies. Yeah. You know, uh, because it makes you feel a certain type mm-hmm. of way. But the dog still died, and I still saved the dog. Yeah. You know, just the dog lived longer. That's like, um... Well, I don't know if I don't know if Lucas has ever said that out loud, so maybe not. <laughs> but there's there's something that Lucas talks about that is true. Yeah. And it's hundred percent true. But the the thing that he talks about, like it's it's real, it's hundred percent mm-hmm. real, but he talks about it like it's still real and it's not. Oh. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So like that's it's true and I know it's true and the stories make you feel like it's true and it's all true stuff. It's just it doesn't happen anymore. I'll yep. I'll tell you when we're off yep. what I'm talking about, if you don't know. But it's it, it, that that's the point of it. And it's weird. We're the last, and I, I hear Rogan say this, I hear all the big guys say this, and I'm not saying this because I'm trying to clout chase or get off them, but, like, we're the last line of, like, real, like, because we can say something that is 100% real, uncensored and unfiltered, and mean it. Yeah. Like, I could say that I think the thought of 500 genders is silly. Yeah. Because it is silly. Yeah. It's a little silly. Now... That does not mean that I think that you can't do what you feel as a person. Yeah. But it's still, if if you look at it, if you step back from it, and no matter who you are, even if you are one of those people, it's a little silly. Yeah, I mean, obviously everybody takes everything too far. There's yeah. somebody who stretches what's real and takes it to a place where you're like, all right, that's yeah. dumb. But that's the thing is most people don't do that with anything. Yeah. You know, most trans people are... Make a lot of sense. Yes. Most non-binary people make a lot of sense. Yes. And then there's crazy people. Yes. And that's like, that's with everything, you know? Yeah. The uh, One of my favorite arguments is always uh, the guys that get up, and it's it's usually some right-wing dickhead like, yeah. uh, you know, Shapiro or... Uh, I don't think Peterson's as big of a dick as everybody paints yeah. him out He's to be. going a little He's nuts. He's going a little nuts, but yeah. he's also really intelligent. Yes. Um, but, like, I get their hard standpoint in... You know, it's like, well, biologically... Like, I understand that. And, like... The only time I think that that is a real problem, if you're saying that, is if you're in a medical situation. Yeah. I feel like, then yes, your your biology matters in a medical situation. Yeah. But for just living life, if you and your personal life think it's dumb, fine. But for the sake of humanity... Just call him Zim Zippity Zer. Yeah, dude. I, if I, that's what he, if that's what they want. I do not understand like the the real anger towards it. No, because it's like, dude, it doesn't affect you at all. And also, people have always done that. Yeah, you know, this has never not been a thing. It's just popular right now, which is fine. You know, things get popular and then they are not as popular. But that doesn't mean people don't feel that way. It happens in most cultures through history. The scary part is if you look at it historically, it starts happening in a lot of cultures. Right before the decline of that culture. Yeah, I've been hearing that. <laughs> uh, yeah, look at Egypt, man. Uh, yeah. it, it happened to Egypt right at the fall. Uh, it happened in a lot of ancient Greece and ancient Rome right at the fall of the empire. So hopefully that's not the case for us. You know, we have a lot of things that they didn't, uh, i.e. running water and a general will to live. Yeah. Um, but it's if, if we're going to argue about stuff, let's argue about stuff that matters. Let's yeah. argue about things like, like I don't... 
Hmm. Okay, here's my hard stand of the ground. Uh, hot take, controversial topic. Like, I think if a child feels a certain way that they feel like another person, that's fine. You let them live it out. But if that same child at 11 years old tells you that they want to start hormone therapy or something, yeah. I think you should have a conversation with the child and be like, well, let's maybe wait a little bit yeah. and see what's up. Just be, And I think that's a conversation that you as an adult should have with your kid. I don't think the kid should be diminished. I think the kid should be able to feel the way that feel. But I don't think a 14-year-old should be able to make those decisions. Yeah, no, look, I mean, look, anybody can feel any way they want. They can act whatever way they want. But I don't think you should put any, like, crazy medical procedures on anybody until they're old enough to sign that document yeah. themselves. You know? Like, if you're 18 and yeah. you make that choice, yes, you're legally an adult. Yeah. Maybe you should wait until you finish developing in your early 20s. Because, yeah. you know? like, realistically, and, you know, I'm a huge advocate for pot. I don't think you should start hardcore recreationally smoking pot until you're 21 when your yep. brain stops developing. Yeah. Because you can hinder some things in your brain. It's possible. Yep. It's very possible I did it with myself. Yeah. Um, and, but that's just a hard fact. Yeah. I can't argue against it. I still don't think there's anything wrong with it. I know teenagers are still going to smoke it. But if I were going to advise against it, yeah. I would say, hey, maybe don't be Cypress Hill until you're 21. Yeah. Once you're 21, smoke till your lungs fall out. I don't give yeah. a shit. But, like, you should you should be able... You need to have some capacity behind it and have lived a little bit of experience yeah. to make a decision like that. Yeah, and, like, you know, all emotional stuff out of it. It's just you don't... Nobody knows the long-term medical effects of taking hormones that young. Yeah. No one's ever done it. Yeah. So it's like, I don't know. It's just, do you want a, like... A decade of kids that got fucked, like their hearts are fucked up from taking hormones. Yeah, because you know? you're, li- you're lab yeah. ratting a bunch of kids. Exactly, that's it? the thing I don't like about it. Like, yeah, do whatever the fuck you want to do, and as long as it like is something that can be reversed. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with a kid doing it. But once, if it's something that like don't cut your dick off when you're seven. Yeah, you know, just because you can't take that back. Same way, reason you shouldn't get a tattoo when you're a kid. You know, yeah, because you can't take it back. Yeah, you so sh- it's like, yeah, you shouldn't. Uh, and I think any reasonable person agrees with that. One, one of my favorite things is good tattoo artists, like really good tattoo artists, when somebody comes into their shop and they ask for a face tattoo. Yeah. A good tattoo artist will ask you a bunch of questions about mm-hmm. it. And then I've seen some tattoo artists, even though like the money was there, they'd be like, I can't do this yeah. because I think that you're going to change your mind or you're going to feel bad about yeah. this in six months. Um, me personally, I'm not, and don't get me wrong, I love tattoos. I think face tattoos are a, a bold decision. Yes. Um, and maybe not the best idea. But if it's what you want to do, fine. Just yeah. think about it before you do it. But th- that's like when I got my hand tattooed. Uh, the tattoo artist looked at me and said, hey, we're probably going to have to do it four or five times in the first couple of years to make sure it sticks. That's cool. Like, I'm due for like my third go in on this mm-hmm. one. And then probably the third one will finally stick it the way it needs to. But that's because it's on my hand. I work yeah. with my hands. I move my hands all the time. Even when I'm on stage... Well, that's a terrible <laughs> pan of mine. Even when I'm on stage holding yeah. a microphone, not masturbating a microphone. Or, you know, I, I, build, I do picture frames in my day job. So, like, I've always, I'm always working with my hands. There's always sawdust and shit like that. So, I get that. that that's, a, that's a good artist. So, I can see, like, a, a good doctor, you know, maybe if you, if you take them a child who's experienced and wants to ask questions, I think a good doctor would be like, well, I think you're being very mature and saying you feel these ways. But maybe here's, like, a, a, a psychiatrist, somebody that you can talk to about maybe why you feel this way. And then... We just, you know, we, we can't do this now, but let's talk about your feelings. And then you, you act as the, the way you feel you should yeah. be. And if you continue your happiness and you feel this way in five years when you can have this surgery or you want to start these things, then come back to me and we will gladly do this with the information that you've gathered. Yeah. I think that's the proper way to take it. That's my opinion. Definitely. I just, yeah. 
I mean, just think about all the, like, shit you did as a kid and then decided you didn't like that stuff anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so much stuff I liked when I was 15 that I, when I was 18 that I don't feel that way anymore. Yeah. You know, because those, those are the years where you're changing all the time. Yeah. So just anything permanent is scary when you're that young. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Like, I wouldn't get a fucking... I wouldn't get, like, a body mod when I was 12, you know? I wouldn't get, like, my tongue sl- split Split, now. yeah. You know, and it's like, and that's not going to, like, affect if I can have kids when I'm young, older, you know? So yeah. it's like, there's shit that's just, yeah, you're too young to make that decision. Now. Yeah. You can feel that way, and you're, look, if you feel that way, you're probably right. Yeah. But you don't know what it's going to do to your body. That's yeah. the only thing I care about, is just, like, I don't want, like, yeah, 20, you- like 20 years of kids to fall dead because they did something... Yeah, or, or to have and, problems, know, or you know, something yeah. something crazy happens in your body because it's yeah. it's science. I'm not saying the science hasn't been around. Mm-hmm. It's just there. I I mean, like I don't know. God knows what the government's been doing for years, yeah. you know, behind closed doors. But I don't know of like vast studies of like, hey, we took this focus group of 100 females that felt like dudes and pumped them full of HGH yeah. and T. Yeah, and I think. I think that stuff is blown way out of proportion by the right. You know, yeah. I think I don't think kids are on hormones. Like yeah. I think, you know, some, but I think all of that stuff is just blown out of proportion yeah. by the right to make it seem like trans people are crazy when it, they're obviously not. Exactly. You know? It's uh, you know, feeling the way you feel in your own skin is great. Like, you know, everybody can feel a certain way like it's just, it's you. It doesn't if you're not like as long as you're not like telling me the way I should like that's like, you know, I'm not the most religious person on the planet. Yeah, I'm not either. But on the same go round, I'm not on the street corner telling people that they're wrong. Yeah. Because I think there's a thousand ways to get to Charlotte. Yeah. My road just is a little different than yeah, your and road. To, I think it's just as ignorant to say something's wrong as it is to say something's right. Yeah. You know, like I think it's just as ignorant to be like God's not real as it is to be like God's real. Yeah. You know, as because opposed both to be... of them are a blind faith in something you believe in. Exactly. You know? Exactly. It's 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 a way more mature thing to be like, well, I don't think it's the realest thing, but tell me why you feel that way. Let's talk about and it. And also, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I have no fucking If you clue. think you know that God's not real, you're a dumbass. Yeah. Like, obviously you don't know. And to say you know, like, that's the... Did you ever watch, like, The Amazing Atheist Dude on yeah. YouTube? Remember that guy? Like, it was just like, dude, obviously you don't know. There's no evidence to base your claim that you're believing in science, you know? It's like... There might be something, but I don't think anybody has a 100% positive answer that there's not. Well, it's even, even, even guys like Neil deGrasse Tyson, like if you yeah. ask him, he'll be like, I don't know, maybe. He'll be like, scientifically, we're talking about it, there's a good chance that there's not. Yeah. But he's like, but also, there's an infinite number of things out there. Yeah. And somewhere in that affinity, there's probably a divine something. Yes. But none of us know. Yeah. So when you take a dude who's way smarter than 90% yeah. of us... And he don't know, mm-hmm. it stands to reason you don't know for sure. Yeah. I weigh on the side of there's probably not. Yeah. But I would never say for certain. Yeah. You know, I got a new idea that I think is pretty nice. Is that just when you die, whatever you thought was going to happen is what happens. Happens, yeah. I want that. Well, it's, uh, you ever done DMT? No. It's, uh, so super acid. Yeah. Um, but, uh, my DMT experience is that you, uh, you always end up at the same place. You end up in DMT world. And it's basically orbs of light and fractals. Yeah. But you usually, if you take enough, you end up at this place that I, I most people I know, they call it like the source or like the, the being or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, you connect with this thing and it's basically telling you that you've been here the whole time and it's been here the whole time. 
and we're all the same thing, but we're all different expressions of the same thing. And until you get to a point, like you've gone through this endless cycle of leveling and now that you're experiencing this reality, mm -hmm. this is your truest reality and you're at the point where you're learning what you need to learn. Yeah. So that's why you found your way back here. And it tells you that, you know, this is everything. But then on your way down, it usually tells you like, hey man, just remember, this is everything. Yeah. And then you're like, oh. So like, it's, even physics says, you know, energy can neither be created or destroyed. It's always transferred. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So scientifically, there's a basis for that. And it's just, I think, because your body, when you dream, you, you make DMT. Yeah. And when you die, you dump all of it that you got in you at yeah. the same time. So it's very possible that that's the conduit that whatever energy animates you leaves and passes on to another plane. Yeah. Because all it is is the fourth dimension. I mean, you know, because when you're there, time doesn't exist. So that's the fourth dimension. You're watching time fold behind you mm -hmm. when you're in that plane. Dude, it was crazy. Like, it was, I was, I wasn't here, but I was like on a couch. And the first time I did it, I fought it. And I just saw some funny stuff and mm -hmm. that was it. But the second time I let it, because you feel like you're dying. Yeah. But you don't realize you feel like you're dying because that amount of DMT in your brain is what you're body does when you die yeah so if you just accept it and do the next thing i know i rocked through this bright little hole and i was in space like just space and it was just me but i wasn't me i was just like an orb yeah. but it was me and you dude you met people and you knew they were people but they didn't look like people but because you understood what a person yeah. was <laughs> you knew they were fucking people and you weren't outside but you knew you were outside You're fucking crazy dude but it, it's, like, maybe that's it. <laughs> Dude, I love listening to people's, like, trip stories because it's just, like, someone trying to explain, like, a movie you've never seen. Yeah. You know, they're like, Dude, this guy went in, but then there was people that didn't look like people, people. and then they went to this place, but it wasn't really that place. place. And it's like, <laughs> fuck yeah. <laughs> You're sitting there, and it's like, I'm down, but on the same ground, I'm like, will you hold my hand? Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's great. And you, you can do the same thing with mushrooms if you, if you break through. Hell, I've heard of people taking enough edibles to get there. Yeah. And I've, like, I've taken a irresponsible amount of edibles at once before. Shit, when we walked into Maria Bamford on Tuesday, mm. literally on the way in the door, I, uh, I ate part of a 100 milligram chocolate that was just straight THC. Yeah, you all were eating fucking Reese's Cups. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? And then uh, the little the little poof ball I put in my mouth yeah. before, the chocolate on the outside was all weed, but the cream on the inside was all mushrooms. Nice. <laughs> and I'm just, dude, by the time Maria got on fucking stage, you know, dude, I was just sitting here like, let's fucking go. <laughs> Like, I, dude, I was so... And every time she did a voice, like, it sounded yeah. like it was coming over an intercom. That's a good me. show to go to. Dude, it was, I was just like, yes, this is amazing. I looked at Jenny afterwards, and I was like, I took the correct amount of drugs to come to the show. <laughs> and she looked at me, and she was like, you look like you had fun. <laughs> and she, and she, what drugs were you on? And I was like, oh, just weed mushrooms. She was like, I thought you said drugs. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. You're a regular person. True. It's not like I was like, yeah, I took 16 Kalanapin and went out to this bitch. Whew. God, that was... Dude, that show was great. That was, that was cool. There's there's been very few times that like I got home and I looked at some of my notes. I'm not gonna lie, dude. It took everything in me to not fucking just burn all my oh, shit. Oh, I know. I was just like, God, you're. I'm just so like for 20 minutes. I sat here and I was like, you're. Ass. Oh, I know. She was just like she's on a different plane, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. Where it's like, I don't even know if that's something I could ever do because I don't know if my brain works that way. You know, like she's just doing stand up in such a unique way. Yeah. And I was like. Because just all the voices and stuff, like, the physical part of it, where she's, like, doing her mom, like, she's... Making her hands shake. Yeah. <laughs> ah! She's doing her mom's voice, and, like, her hands just shaking a little bit, and it's like, that's fucking... Well, that's all stuff that you put in, because, I mean, she's been doing it for, what, ever? Yeah. So, 
that, that's, that's just time you put into it. Yeah. You know, it's it's all the time because like and just uh, commitment to like yeah. the character. That's like that's hard to do. I mean, imagine trying to do that like an open mic. You know, like really diving into a character like that. It's just so risky if it bombs. Have you ever seen Dara do it? I don't know. I Dara used yeah. to do characters. Dara and. So Dara, before I showed up, was mm-hmm. completely different. Like, really? Light years different. Like, JD will literally be like, the golden age of Dara was. And he'll give you time, and everybody's like, yeah. And I'm like, fuck, I hate that I missed yeah. that. But, like, I've seen Dara get up and do a character. Mm-hmm. Like, and she does them good. Yeah. Like, I mean, she'll show up in, like, a wig, completely no, different cool. clothes. Like, she will. And when she does it, she does it. Yeah. Like, real hardcore into it. Um. I feel like I've seen a couple other guys do characters, too. Um, for the longest time, I thought Steven Cedric was doing a character. Yeah, I did, too. I saw him once when I... Because I've only, only been doing it for like a year and a half or so. Mm-hmm. And even the first like six months of that, it was like once a week. Because I was working nights, so I couldn't come all the time. Yeah. But, yeah, the first time I saw him, it was like one of the first mics I went to. And he was wearing like a red jumpsuit. And he had like a broom. Oh, showed up with the golf bag and yeah, everything? Dude. And yeah. Like a broom and shit. And I was like... This is fucking fun, but I don't know what the fuck's going on, you know? So the first time I saw Steven Cedric, he uh, he walked up on stage with his little guitar lately, and uh, he was like, I'm going to play a song for you guys. But every time he'd start to play it, he'd stop. Yeah. And he'd like ask the crowd a question or something like that. And I thought it was brilliant. Yeah. And then finally, at the end of it, he was like, does anybody have any flaunts? I've got something stuck in my teeth. And, whatever. <laughs> and then he finally gets to start playing the song, and he gets the light and walks off stage. Yeah. You know what I'm like? I thought, I thought that was great. Yeah. I was like, what is this? No, it is cool. It's cool. Yeah. And it's like, there is, a, there is a space for that that I think is really cool. Yeah. You know? But I love a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I love a, like actual written joke. I really do like that stuff. Yeah. I think that first time I saw him, I thought it was very funny. And I thought he had been doing it for a really long time, you know, just because when, especially when you're new and you see something like that, you're like, like that's so out of my like, range the, of thinking. Were you there the night he brought the golf clubs and he jumped the, he jumped the, he put a golf club between two chairs and he jumped it riding, <laughs> riding a hobby horse. <laughs> that's awesome. And like, dude, all of us were sitting there and we were like, like, yeah. you hear Ginny in the back, like, oh, this is going to be bad. Like, and I'm, you know, normally she tries to be quiet and she's yeah. very audibly don't hurt yourself. Yeah. <laughs> We're just, yeah. oh, God. That is the man, though. Yeah, Stephen's... I'm excited he's been coming back around again. Yeah, seen him, seen him, him is good. Well, he, you know, he, he does Stephen Stephen. Yeah. He's, <laughs> wow, he, boy. He is a, he is an interesting duck, let yeah. me tell you. Let me tell you. He's, <laughs> you know he's actually a part of Dota 2? Like, he contributed to Dota 2. Really? I'm so serious. Like, the programming of yes. it? Yes. That's awesome. Like, there's parts of that game that are Steven Cedric. Whoa, that's really cool. Yes. Dude, my roommate is obsessed with that game. It, it, I remember when he told me, I was like, nah, and then he showed me, and I went... That's awesome. Like, I lost my shit. Damn. That's really cool. Yeah, Cedric's, uh, Cedric's the man. Cedric's the man. I miss, I miss his podcast. It was fun. Yeah. The, uh, the, the only time that we had a disagreement is I was like, I'm going to bring back my show, The Sidewalk Crew, and he was like, you shouldn't call it that. And I was like, wait, he was like, you should call it something with your name in it so people know who it's about. And I was like, but it's not about me. Yeah. Like, it's about the people, I'm the host, but it's about the people I have on. You know? Yeah. L- like, that my only my only qualm with the Joe Rogan experience is the title. Yeah. <laughs> because I feel like it's, it's, people's like, oh, it's like, oh, it's his experience. And to me, it's like, no, it should be his conversations with people. Yeah. That's why I entitled mine when I titled mine. And, you know, everybody, where'd the name come from? It's like, because when I originally came up with the name, we were all working at a bar. And we'd hang out and smoke cigarettes outside because you couldn't smoke cigarettes inside anymore. Yeah. And hang out on the sidewalk and yeah. talk shit. And then when I started doing comedy and hanging out with everybody, after the show, everybody's hanging out on the sidewalk and talking mm-hmm. shit. So why would I not yeah. 
keep the name Sabo. It makes fucking sense. It Plus, does. gang gang bitches, we out here. True, and you already got the hats made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. I need more of those. Yeah, those are cool. Those are fun. <coughs> those are fun. I've got so many hats. This is this is maybe 12 of 300. Nice. <laughs> And there I've got top hats. I've got a uh, bowler hats. Hell yeah! You got a fedora? Fucking uh, several. Hell yeah, dude! Several. I've got a I've got a big white one that makes him look like a Cuban uncle that dude. nobody should be around. <laughs> we start wearing fedoras to open mics. I'll think about it. I I, I have been wearing the gloves, you know, so I might as well True. finish it with a fedora and a scarf and just Bro, be a douche. Be so sick. <laughs> <laughs> Just start doing comedy as Bagger Vance. Hell yeah. Or the Artful Dodger. <laughs> I need a big coat. True. That'd be sick. Oh, it's going to be so hot. Oh, yeah. Temperature-wise. Yeah. Not sexy. <laughs> Just put fans inside, dude. <laughs> that sounds like a big animatronic. <laughs> hey, guys, I'm going <laughs> to... Are you going to take off, bro? Maybe. Who knows? Just took a fucking eighth of mushrooms, so maybe... <laughs> I, uh... I'm trying to do mushrooms in, <laughs> in like public, in general. Unless I can, it's too much. Yeah, it's too much. Now, if I'm around a cool group of people, that's different. Yeah, but like, I had like back when I was taking acid a lot, I would like go to the club I was hanging out at and like eat like five hits. Yeah, and just sit there by myself outside and I'd be like, "Tony, you okay?" And I'm like, "Do you see the motherfucking clansman yeah. over there climbing up and down the pole? The parking lot looks like an ocean." <laughs> Bro, are you okay? And there was there always be somebody be like, oh, he just took a bunch of acid. He's yeah. fine. And everybody, and then people would let me get in my car. Bro, nope, <laughs> I'm good on that. I did get in it one time, and uh, my buddy immediately followed me, and he was like, "Give me your fucking keys." I was like, "The bartender's got my keys." He was like, "Why are you in your car?" I was like, well, "I've got to fly to Mars real quick. I'll be right back." <laughs> and just closed the door, and I took off. And really, he's just sitting there next to me, watching me do this, and just like this guy. It's like that Always Sunny episode where Danny DeVito's in the trash can. Yeah. He thinks he's stuck in the bathroom. <laughs> I hated the fact that I got into that show so much later than I should I have. I did too. I just started watching it like a year ago. Probably like, probably like six, seven mm-hmm. months ago. Yeah. yeah. Like I had sporadically seen episodes like through and through and yeah. it was like my background reel for the longest mm-hmm. time. But it definitely was not a, a thing. That and Curb. I yeah, finally dude. started watching Curb not Curb's longer. Curb's so good. Curb is so good. Yeah, that's the, my dad is into comedy and stuff, so we used to watch that when I was like a kid. Larry David, like, he might be the greatest, dude. He's so funny. He, uh, he's definitely one of my favorite. That is for sure. <clears throat> I don't, I don't know about the goat. Uh, He's but one he's, of them, dude. Well, every, everybody's got different goat. yeah. goats. Yeah, goats, so phrased. Just the amount, like, he's so prolific. Like, oh, I yeah. mean, dude, Curb, to have Curb and Seinfeld okay. under your belt, and, yeah, to have Curb alone, and to have Seinfeld alone are amazing. Yeah, stellar. But to evolve Seinfeld, into like, Curb. the humor of Seinfeld into Curb is And crazy. then bring back Michael Richards to apologize yes, to everybody. Yes, exactly. Brilliant. So good. Um, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story that, that you might not believe. So, you know Juice. Mm-hmm. Um, so, me and Juice and Eric Brown, not long after me and my wife and over here, we, uh, I used to ever so often comics would come back after Mike's because not a lot of people were hanging outside like chilling and shit. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was cold too at the time, I think. And we came back over here and uh, Juice had never seen Eddie Murphy stand up. Whoa. Never. Really? So we came over here and we put on, because he was sitting here and he was like, oh, Chappelle's the goat of all time. But then we're, we're sitting here like, you know, what about Richard Pryor, Ever Murphy? And he's like, never seen it. And we're Dang. like, what? Yeah. So we bring him over here and we put on Raw. 
And he just, I watched him lose his mind yeah. for a little bit, and I was like, that's so good. It's so good. I, I didn't know much about Pryor before I started doing stand-up. And then I watched uh, all of them. Yeah. Because Live at the Sunset Strip is so good. All of his old albums and stuff. Too. Mudbone, man. Bro, they're so good. Uh, it's crazy how good it still holds up. Carlin, uh, Carlin is that for mm-hmm. me. And I a love lo- Carlin. A lot of people dog on Carlin. And they're like, you know, oh, it was just the same jokes recycled. And some of it was. But there's a lot of stuff that he said, like in Jamming in New York and stuff in mm-hmm. the 90s, that you can play today. Yeah. It makes perfect sense. Yeah, Carlin is one of those dudes where I love him and I respect his point of view so much, but he doesn't make me laugh. Not all the time. You know, and I don't think he's necessarily trying to all the time, Yeah. but also the way he does stand-up is like, is the 70s way of doing stand-up. The way Pryor does stand-up, he could go in a club today and destroy. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. Pryor still makes me laugh. Yeah. Carlin makes me think. Did you ever listen to Paul Mooney? No, I haven't. I know him, and I've seen some stuff, but I have not done like if, if you the can, research. I should. If you can get through a lot of his military, because he he wrote for Richard on Richard's show. Oh yeah. Um, but if you if you can get through the terribly militant stuff in it, oh yeah, they're, they're hellions, bro. <laughs> There's a <laughs> you'll you'll laugh at this. So I'll tell you this. Uh, when we first moved in, the first night we were here, we discovered that one of our neighbors, one of their kids, is uh, a little different uh, than other kids uh, because. <laughs> When he's standing in one spot, he's kind of quiet. Yeah. But when he moves, you can hear him move. <laughs> because as he moves, he goes, <laughs> going by. That's awesome. And like, the first night we were here, I just remember I was sitting here and I was like, Some, I'm like, who has an RC car that sounds like a kid? And I walk outside and this dude just like is, I mean, and he is running like a champion. <laughs> And all I hear is he runs by his, like, arms behind him, Naruto style. And I'm just like, you fucking go, bro. You should send that guy to Area 51, dude. dude. (laughs) That's probably where he got out of. It's probably where he got out of. Oh, God. That's awesome. It's never a dull moment over here, I swear. (laughs) It's never dull. And it's, I don't, it's, you know, me and the wife want to have kids. I'm I'm cool with children. That's fine. Yeah. But, like, I've got, like, eight-year-olds who are like, what's your TikTok? And I'm like, I don't think I can give you that. Yeah. (laughs) You know. Uh, one of them one time, they were like, come on, man, give me your TikTok. I was like, when you're 18. Yeah. And then he was like, me and her put together are 18. And I'm like, that doesn't help. Yeah, I shouldn't even. <laughs> I'm scared talking to you. <laughs> like, and I mean, if a kid says, what's up? You know, that's yeah. one thing. I'd be like, oh, hey, man. You yeah, know, howdy. You know, what are you doing? What's in the backpack? Why does your apartment always smell like a skunk? <laughs> I got fucking skunks, dude. <laughs> <clears throat> I got skunks with long dreads and hard opinions. <laughs> Hard opinions. <laughs> Mostly hard opinions. True. Oh, shit. There's a... I've got a thought. What's the thought? I don't know. It's there. Ah, eh, fuck it. <laughs> well, Ethan, I appreciate you coming on, bro. Yeah, man. That was what fun. another way to do it. So, uh, a couple things before we get out of here. Um, I do a little question thing, and I do a little shameless plug for me. Okay. So, um, uh, Ethan Justice is a talented young comic. Um, you know, he's great to watch. You can catch him and other of my amazingly funny friends at the Idiot Box Comedy Club. Um, stuff going on at Idiot Box all the time. Uh, you can search them on Eventbrite. Uh, search the Idiot Box. You can uh, go to idiotboxers.com, their website. Uh, we just had Carter Deems last night. Uh, I got a host for that one. It was freaking amazing. Um we just had Maria Bamford. And if you enjoy shows like that, it's great. Ultimate Comic Contest starts in, oh, two weeks. Yep, we're on the same day. Yeah. <sighs> Man. 
Uh, so get your tickets to that and come in and support. You get to vote for the comment we put us through. It's uh, $2,000 for the grand prize this year, which is amazing. Um, also, uh, the North Carolina Comedy Festival comes up in September. Uh, keep an eye out for tickets for that. Get your tickets to that. You are not going to want to miss it. It's 300 comics, sketch artists. It's the longest comedy festival around. Most of them are weekend. This is 10 days of hilarity and amazingness. If you miss it, you're fucking up. Period. And uh, that's how I feel better yeah. at sleep at night is because I shamelessly plug home. Um, so <clears throat> in doing these interviews, a lot of people ask, you know, Tony, why do you do interviews? You know, what do you do? Why do you have people on? And, uh, you know, who made you want to do stuff like this? And a lot of people were like, you know, was it, was it Johnny Carson? No, it wasn't <laughs> fucking Johnny Carson. And they'll be like, was it Craig Ferguson? Close! <laughs> um, it was James Lipton from Inside the Actors Studio. Oh, yeah. That I, yeah, I thought he was real thorough. He was always real nice. He was a stand-up guy. And uh, unfortunately, Mr. Lipton's gone. But he used to ask this thing called the Pivo Questionnaire mm -hmm. at the end of all his things. And it's just a fun little litmus thing to kind of learn about your person that yep. are on and see some of their stuff on it. So until A&E or Bravo send me a <laughs> cease and desist, fuck them, I'm asking <laughs> these questions. So, Ethan Justice, what is your favorite word? Favorite word? The one I like the look of the best sure. is Garden. I think it looks the best written on a piece of paper. That's actually probably the best answer I've ever had to that question. I love and that way that wonder. word looks. That's that's dope. best word to say is probably poop. Dookie, <laughs> you know? What is your least favorite word? Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Um, popcorn. I don't like popcorn either. It sounds negative. Yeah. It's like, ugh, yeah. popcorn. Um, what turns you on creatively, spiritually? <laughs> Jesus Christ, elf bar. <laughs> what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Creatively? Just people who act away in a situation that they shouldn't. Like... You know, if you see somebody in, like, a parking lot and they've got, like, a fucking soccer ball and they're, like, throwing it at somebody's car. It's just, like, shit, like, why the fuck are you doing that? <laughs> that stuff makes my day, dude. Like, a guy came into work the other day and just, like, came up to me and he was like, good morning. And I was like, don't fucking talk to me like that, dude. What the fuck are you doing? It's just, I don't know, little shit like that Hell gets yeah. me excited. What turns you off? Uh, Someone being too serious about something that's not important yeah like like talking about like cheese and somebody will tell you like the side like if you eat too much cheese you're gonna die it's like bro i'm just asking if you like swiss or cheddar <laughs> like calm the fuck down that shit bothers me yeah what is your favorite curse word uh fuck best ring to it the most diverse yeah, of all the words. Exactly. There's a when we get done here, I'll show you this thing with Stanley. If you've never seen it, it's awesome. Mm -hmm. Somebody animated it, but it's a real clip of Stanley talking about how it's the best word. It's fucking fantastic. It actually makes me tear up thinking about it because that was <laughs> my fucking hero. Um, what noise do you love? Noise. Honestly, the sound of an air conditioner or like a box fan. Yeah. Bro, like sitting in a bed and there's like a just a white noise going. Nothing better. What noise do you hate? Um, a lot. I fucking like I said. I think I got slight autism. <laughs> a nail file. Uh, like nails on a chalkboard. Yeah. Um, when you pull a fortune out of a fortune cookie. 
That sound drives me fucking nuts, dude. How, how do you feel about like if somebody like scrapes their hands, like their skin across like plastic? Oh, dude, yeah, I that, hate it. That's the one. Styrofoam. Oh, but least favorite sound in the world is the fortune coming out of the fortune cookie. That that's... paper scraping against the cookie is so gross because that cookie is basically just styrofoam. You know, so it's just paper coming out of styrofoam. Yeah, sounds yeah. horrible. You're not wrong. Um, if skill. Education or physical ability were not a factor, and you can immediately plug into anything. What profession other than your own do you think you'd like to attempt? Like, if it was just plug and play, you yeah. didn't have to go to college, you didn't have to. Like, I've had people come on and say, I'd be a football player. And, you yeah. know, that's why I started saying if skill and stuff wasn't involved, mm-hmm. because most people are like, oh, well, what do I know? Fuck that if you could do whatever. Probably like an astronaut. Be sick to go to the moon. Yeah. Either that or like president and just like fix some shit you know <laughs> try <laughs> that's that's actually that's, that's assuming a... i'm smart enough to do that you know <laughs> well you know the 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 puppeteers are going to do their own thing anyway, yeah you know that's how that goes because we're it's a shadow government people don't believe the stuff that you hear <laughs> but we're stupid what do we know don't listen to us please god don't True. um but you should uh what profession would you never do a lot <laughs> Probably I would not be, like, a football player because I don't want my brain to get destroyed, you know? If I couldn't, like, speak anymore, that would scare the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah. The money, obviously, would be awesome. That's how they weigh it out. It's like, hey, here's $20 million, but you're going to shit a little bit every time you step with your left foot. Oh, a teacher? Would never be a fucking teacher, dude. Yeah. Too ungrateful of a job. I wanted to be a music teacher. That was my original aspiration in college. Bro, I mean... I just think back to the way I treated my music teachers, even the ones I liked. It's like, bro, never. Never. Um, And finally, if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh, We still have pizza. (laughs) Don't worry. (laughs) Because that's that's what I'd be wondering. Oh, yeah. Well, before we do wrap up and all the way get out of here, I, I want to ask, because you and Durag Seth, Seth Kerman, yep. uh, have set up this cool little storytelling show, and uh, I heard great things about the first one. Yeah, it was fun. Um, heard it was fantastic. So, d- you guys plan to keep going forward with that, and when do you think the next one's going to be? Um, yeah, we're, we want to do it again for sure, because um, Nick Chacha helped help us set it up, and I think we're going to try to do it again at that place we did it last time, yeah. the ETC on Grove Street. It was fun. It was it was cool. So basically, everybody, we were hosting together uh, as a pair. So then everybody else, we decided like we would have comics go up in pairs. One tells a story, and one like just talks shit or like just tries to make up jokes about that story while they're doing it. And then everybody would go up again, and the opposite person would tell the story, and then the other person would talk shit about it or whatever. So that was the first time we did it, and I think that was fun. But I think the next time we do it, we'll probably try to have like a little bit less people. And then we'll do like three pairs or something. We did like four. And then just have, give everybody like 15, 20 minutes. So then they can do whatever they want in that time. They, one person can tell a really long story or they can switch off. But I think everybody going up twice was weird. Yeah. So I think it's just a fun way to like mine bits out of stories. Because while you're telling the story for the first time and you're trying to like get through it. Because that's what I kind of want it to be is like people telling stories they want to make jokes but haven't tried yet. So then you go up there and you're telling the whole story and the other person is just thinking of what's funny about it, you know? So then by the time you get done with the story, you've thought of funny things as you're telling it and the other person has like just basically given you tags for the story, you know? Because they've just, all they've been thinking about is what's funny about it. Or they'll ask you questions and like guide you in a direction which maybe you wouldn't have thought about that part of the story. You know, like I was talking to, Seth told a story about like the time he fell down the stairs or whatever when he got the stutter. And 
his dad just like left him in the waiting room for like three hours, like until he got off work. And I was like, wait, what did your dad do? He was like, he made airplane seats. And it's like, dude, <laughs> there was no reason for him to leave you there that long. Yeah, that's... But it's just like, shit like that, like if someone doesn't bring up something because you're so jaded by your own view of something, you don't notice some of the weird shit about it, you know? Yeah. So I think that's the fun part of it and can be the fun part of it. So we definitely want to do it again. Um, we're just, me and him need to figure out, because I think we're probably going to wait at least until the UCC's over because that's going to be so many people's days and weekends and stuff. And then the festival's right after that. Yeah. So if we can find a day to squeeze in, probably like later in the summer. Oh, yeah. August or something, we'll try. And yeah, it'll be fun. I want to have you on the next one. I think it'll be fun. If we can, we just got to figure out somebody you can do it with. I, I, I can tell you exactly who I can do it who? with. I can tell you off-gate exactly. You put me up there with Jordan Freeman. <laughs> that would be fun. You put me up there yeah. with Jordan Freeman, and then we'll flip for the story yeah. right before we go up. Because either way, it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. You could, there's, there's, there's three people you could put me up with that would be goddamn bananas anytime. Yeah. You put me up there with Jordan Freeman. You put me up there with David Goolsby, or you put yeah. me up there with J.D. Etheridge. Yeah. And it'll be, it'll be fantastic every time. Shit, honestly, you could put me up there with Tara Starnes, too. Yeah. It'll be great. It's, there's so many people that I talk so much shit with, because mainly because I do this. That's, yeah. that's half the reason why I love doing this. So I get to interact with people on so many different facets. But mm-hmm. I could, I mean, I'd, I'd almost say I could do it with anybody. I'll tell you who'd be fun to watch do it. Uh, who all was, was J.T. Madison on that one? Yeah. Was it them telling It was basically... Uh, Madison just got up and started saying all the things that they get in fights about, and JT just like rebuttaled all of them, and it was great because that's JT is the perfect person to just say he's doing wrong and tell, and he'll tell you why he's not wrong. I think he like works for Elon Law School, so yeah. that makes so much sense. <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, it was very funny. That, that's literally uh, what I was going to pitch. Jermaine and Dehage went up together, and that was one Jermaine of my and favorite, Dehage. Yeah, one of my favorite things I've ever seen. Dehage, how do I say this? Dehaj Hendrick, if we would set back and write for him, that is the next wave of comedy. Bro, I think right now he's the funniest dude. I love him. Yeah. I think everything he says kills me. It's a dude. stitch. I it's love a stitch. him. He's so funny. He went into Green Beam one night, and uh, for 12 minutes, he does uh, kitty porn and child molester jokes. <laughs> and at, at the start of it, nobody in this crowd was laughing. And by the end of 12 minutes, everybody in this crowd was eating out of the palms. Shit, his UCC semifinals last year, he's in it, and he would tell a joke and nobody would laugh, and he'd be like, I'm going to win y'all back. And they'd all laugh, and then he'd tell another horrible joke. And I say horrible in the extent of what he was saying, not it was bad. Yeah. And just, Dehaj is a fucking force. Um, He's so funny. Yeah. He is hilarious. I'll tell you who'd be a gas. Uh, If you put, uh, Guap and JD together would be a gas. that'd be great. Uh, you know what I think would be interesting to watch? Who? If you could get Neil Hoover up there and put him with, like, maybe... I think I think Neil Hoover and Eric Brown would be an that interesting be pair to watch. Um, if you can swing it. Uh, put Jenny and Trundy up with each other. I know. That'd be great. I, I wish they would do it. I, I, wanna, I wanted to ask Jenny to do ask it. Ask Jenny. Yeah. I'm, I'm tell- so here's, here's something that it's... And, uh, it's oh, we'll talk we'll talk about this yeah, afterwards. Yeah. In fact, it's, it's just, I can't. There's certain things. Yeah, it's just trust me. Ask Jenny. Trust me when yeah. I tell you to ask Jenny. Ask Jenny. You should ask her. It might not be your next one, but if just yeah. ask Jenny. But uh, thanks you guys so much for listening. Uh, this is how we're kicking off season four, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, so uh, stick around. You know we're moving to the bi-weekly schedule, as you guys heard in the intro. Stay around for the outro and hear about all my other funny friends podcast. Uh, make sure you listen to the ads. Uh, I'd like to say thank you to my sponsors, W Energy. Um, 
Lucky 13 Tattoo Company, and of course, my favorite people to work with in the world, Raw Natural Rolling Papers. Uh, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much. Uh, see you next time. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Sidewalk Crew. Uh, it's so great to have you. Um, once again, my name is Tony Rodriguez. I'm a local comedian from Greensboro, North Carolina. Um, I'm a young aspiring comic. Uh, I am taking bookings currently, so if you are a booker and you found a way to this show through recommendation, uh, please get at me through my email, thatcomictony at iCloud.com. Uh, to reach out to me um, and uh, that would be fantastic also if you'd like to do, uh, come on the show or you think you have an interesting story you can check me out at uh, thatcomictony at icloud.com also um, I'm also thatcomictony on all social medias except Facebook where I'm Tony Rodriguez um, and it's a picture of me on stage at the Idiot Box Comedy Club if you're trying to find a reference to that now while I've got you here before you get out of here I'd like to say some cool stuff about some friends of mine uh, if you enjoyed this podcast uh, please uh, like, rate, and subscribe. Uh, also, please uh, check out the following. Uh, my buddy David Goolsby, a.k.a. Guap, has a podcast called The Uop that he releases on Mondays here on Spotify. Um, also, uh, the Creative Businessman Studios on YouTube, they have several amazing shows, um, including The Creative Businessman, uh, Dumbest Time in the Room with Tom Simmons, and Never Been Happier with Eric Trundy. Um, they also have this show called The Mike and the Machine with Craig Boudreau, uh, and, uh, you know, they're great, great people. Um, uh, I get to work with all these guys a lot, and uh, we have fun with them. Oh, there's also uh, The Moments with Jermaine Colando. Um now, uh, Guwap and the Uwap are available on Spotify. I believe uh, the Creative Business Studios has some episodes on Spotify, and I think Jermaine might have a couple on Spotify. But you can find the Moments with Jermaine Colando and all your creative business and all uh, the Creative Businessman Studios um, podcasts and shows on YouTube. Uh, the Moments with Jermaine Colando is how you get at him, and uh, search uh, the Creative Businessman Studios to find shows like Never Been Happier, The Creative Businessman, and Dumbest Time in the Room. Um, thank you guys so much for listening. Check out my friend's podcasts. And if you're in Greensboro and you'd love to come see some fantastic comedy, please, like I say at the end of every show, check us out at the Idiot Box Comedy Club. You can find their information on Facebook, um, the Idiot Box Comedy Club in Greensboro, or on their website, idiotboxers.com. Thank you so much. Thank you.